What's up and welcome to the Horror Cast, episode 60. And this is going to be our Halloween hangover episode. Uh, we did miss an episode uh, just a couple of weeks ago. I'm sorry, my 12-year-old son had surgery. It was kind of a crazy week. He's doing great. So uh, the episode that we had planned, which was three Halloween-themed or movies that were based or set around Halloween, we're going to do those now. And I know you guys live Halloween anyway. So, you know, Halloween's not over for most of us, right? Doesn't right, guys? End. I mean, it, 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 never, it never ends. Uh, that's why, uh, you know, a lot of people who are just kind of like either newbies or casual fans, October's kind of like a really big deal. And it, and it is a big deal for us, too. But we watch horror all year round. So we're going to uh, finish out this Halloween season. With this hangover episode, uh, my name is Mark Nato, and I am one of your hosts tonight. And we're going to uh, bring in our other two co-hosts right now, and that is Mr. Venom. What's up, Mr. Venom? Greetings and salutations, friends. I'm doing very well, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing really good, man. I'm good. I'm, and I'm anxious to talk about these three movies. This this, this movie uh, the, that we're going to be talking about first is, is probably going to ruffle some feathers i can feel i can feel that coming out so um and uh, we also have uh up in the uh, the northeast corner of new england right i don't know what's up buddy hey what's up man uh yeah like you said i'm still i'm still celebrating halloween uh we still have some of our decorations up um we always started packing some away but luckily she forgot some of them so quite a few were still out but uh yeah i mean uh I, I, I'm also, you know, I'm anxious to talk about the first one as well. <laughs> uh, and I, especially hearing your take um, and your, your famous love of Rob Zombie. Um, so hey, to, to see where this hey, one sits with you at this point. I always give everything a chance. Rob Zombie's movies, and I'll let you know as, as we go through, I've, I've watched at least four of them over again uh, this past month. And a couple of them had a tick up uh, for me, but it remains to be seen if this one will. We'll see. Uh, and I wanted to say one of my favorite things to do right the week after Halloween is to go uh, shopping for the clearance items. Mm-hmm. And um, man, I found uh, I posted it on Facebook and nobody even liked it. Bastards. I missed okay. it. If- yeah, I, I, I found. Um, at Giant, which is a, a grocery store in, in, in my part of the, the woods here. Uh, uh, it would be like, a, you know, Albertsons or a Safeway or a Harris mm-hmm. Teeter, whatever you guys have. And I went, and the first day I went, they had this, it's a huge, really heavy ceramic a skull. I mean, it is really cool. It's detailed. It's a nice bit. I mean, it's bigger than my skull. And I have a big melon, people. Okay, I'm a big boy, and I have a and it's thing is bigger, and it and it has a thing in it, uh, an LED light that switches lights or colors, mm-hmm. and just kind of goes. And man, this thing was forty dollars regularly. We've got a Frankenstein monster one, a head like that. It's pretty cool with a Did red you? light, red light inside. We got it, I think, like two Halloweens ago, but it was another. It was like a clearance item that we got. Yeah, um, you know, I think we picked up dirt cheap. <laughs> That's my favorite. That's my favorite, and and I got it. Are you ready? Seven dollars. Nice. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, the, the first day that I went, it was at fourteen ninety nine, and I was like, you know, I'm gonna, 
I'm going to put it like in a corner so nobody can see it. <laughs> and then come back in a couple of days and, and it was still there. And, yes. uh, bam, got it for $7. And then I went to another giant up the road and they had the, it must've been the kind of the same line. They had a couple different kinds. And this one was a jack-o'-lantern. Uh, it, it matches like, you know, and, and it just kind of had like a, a cool evil face on it. Uh, same light up led light inside and everything. And I got that one for seven bucks too. So I'm excited about that. And that goes in my, my little horror corner, uh, you know, <laughs> for the year round, not just for decoration. Mm-hmm. It goes up there with my Sam. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, I, I only get a, a corner of my <laughs> basement uh, I, because my kids are, so, uh, I have an eight year old as well. Mm-hmm. And, and he's terrified of stuff like that. <laughs> so I really can't unleash the beast yet. Uh, I'd say probably when he's about 10, 12, maybe, uh, I'll be putting some, some more stuff out, but anyway, uh, all right, listeners. Well, we, uh, are missing a few co-hosts, uh, at, at this moment, Walshie is going to try to uh, make it on. And so is Hargal Susan. If they pop on for the next review, that would be awesome. If not, Hey, we're going to trudge on. And, uh, so when we get back from this short break, we're going to talk about this first movie. Uh, it's going to be controversial, I think, because I think at least one of us is really going to like it. That's my prediction. Uh, and the other two, maybe not so much. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. And that is 2003's House of a Thousand Corpses. We'll be right back. Hey, love horror movies? Yeah, so do Handpicked by experts, psychos, demons, ghosts, the occult, zombies, killer kids, black magic, vampires, Shudder kills, Netflix on selection, screams on demand, Shudder.com. Okay, we are back and we're going to get right into first of our three reviews tonight. House of a Thousand Corpses, uh, released in 2003. It is rated R, definitely. (laughs) <laughs> one hour, 29 minutes long. Uh, it, it came out on April 11th, 2003. Uh, would, did this one really come out at the theaters strong? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, had, a, it had a really good marketing push. Um, it came out the week of my birthday. So it was kind of like my, I skipped work that day actually and went to see it because I was so excited about it. Being a fan of Rob Zombie and his music videos that he directed. Yeah, I, I, I saw it opening day, took the day off from work and uh, I'll let you know here in a little bit if I regretted that or not. <laughs> okay. My, my guess is no. My guess is no. You didn't regret it. Um, uh, how about you, Vin? Did you see this at the theater? Uh, no, I rented it. Yeah, I, I didn't see it at the theater either. But um, yeah, so uh, the, of course, this is written and directed by Rob Zombie. Um, this was his first film, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, this was his first one. And uh, I, I am known to not really like Rob Zombie's films too much. Uh, I definitely like his music. I like the imagery and all that. Uh, I love Dracula, Dracula and, and all of that stuff. He's got some, some really cool uh, imagery and I love how he pays homage to like the, the monsters of the past. And it, it's just really cool. So, uh, but does that translate into being a good filmmaker? Well, we'll see. Uh, this movie is about uh, two young couples traveling across the backwoods of Texas, searching for urban legends of murder, end up as prisoners of a bizarre and sadistic backwater family of serial killers 
who we now know as the Firefly Clan. Uh, it stars a bunch of people, bunch of people. It's a big cast. Um, we've got um, William Bassett as Sheriff Frank Houston. We've got Karen Black as Mother Firefly. I almost didn't recognize her when I first watched this movie. Um, uh, Aaron Daniels as uh, Denise Willis. Judith Drake as Skunk Ape Wife. We've got uh, Walton Goggins, who is one of my favorite actors. Absolutely one of my favorite actors. He does a lot of great stuff. Uh, as He's the deputy. Sid Haig is uh, the the iconic Captain Spaulding. Chris Hardwick, that's right, uh, Mr. Uh, Talking <laughs> Dead is Jerry Goldsmith. And he, he might have had about 40 or 50 extra pounds on him in this movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we had Cherry Moon Zombie as Baby. Uh, Firefly Bill Mosley is Otis. We've got uh, Rain Wilson. This is, I guess, is this pre the office or the, very pre like, office? Yeah. Very, yeah. Um, as Bill Hudley, and it just a, a host of other uh, uh, Rob Zombie staples uh, like um, uh, Matthew McGrory that mm-hmm. he passed away. Um, Grandpa Hugo Dennis Fimple he passed away, right? Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, but uh, so. Let's uh, let's go ahead and, and and roll this trailer when we get when we get back. I'll let you know uh, where we stand on this. Howdy, folks! You like blood, violence, freaks of nature? On a stormy Halloween night, four young people set out across the back roads of America. What's that? It's a hitchhiker. What, should we stop? We can't leave it right here in the rain. In search of a mysterious figure known only as... Dr. Satan. You know anything about the legend of Dr. Satan? Yeah, I can show you. Dr. Satan! Ah, Dr. Satan! What they uncovered... You ain't seen nothing yet. ...is the most horrifying and shocking tale of carnage ever seen. Well, I bet you'd stick your head in fire if I told you you could see hell. You seen this girl? Yeah, they want to play Nancy Drew with this local legend that people call Dr. Satan. Stupid kids probably got themselves lost. Let's get out of this nut house. The boogeyman is real. And you found him. It's From director Rob Zombie comes a journey into hell. This can't be real, this can't be real, this can't be real. House of a Thousand Corpses. Hope you like what you see! All right. Well, I'm going to uh, bring in Mr. Venom because because I would say that of the three of us here, you are probably the biggest Rob Zombie uh, fan or apologist. Uh, and I'm not saying that you love everything he does. I'm not saying <clears throat> no, not at all. Because <laughs> uh, there are people that do. There are people that refuse to believe that 31 is an absolute turd of a movie. Um, I actually uh, listened to a podcast today where two of the hosts were defending 31 quite loudly. Yeah. <laughs> can't be defended i'm sorry um but anyway go ahead man what what uh, what are your first impressions of this movie when did you first see it and uh yeah okay well like i said earlier i um i saw it opening night uh which i believe uh, my birthday is april 17th this movie opened on april 11th so it was the weekend before my birthday 
I took the day off from work because I was very excited to see it. As I said, I was a big fan, mostly of White Zombie, um, his previous band. Um, as far as his solo music goes, it's mostly just the first two albums that I really was into. And then, and then he just, as far as my interest in his music, it just started to tail off after that. I started listening to much heavier music, so Rob Zombie just didn't really uh, appeal to me that much. But like I said, saw the movie opening day, and walking out of the theater that day, I absolutely loved this film. It was just, it was different. It had a very grindhouse aesthetic to it, had a almost, almost 60s grindhouse um, to it. Um, you can see throughout the film that he kind of edits this film like it's one of his music videos. If you're familiar with his music videos, then you're also yeah. familiar with his editing style where he likes to cut scenes from like other things, other media mm -hmm. into his videos. And he does the same thing in this movie. I mean, there's multiple shots of exploitation films from the uh, late 60s, early 70s yeah. kind of cut in here. And at the time, like I said, walking out of the theater, I loved it. I just, I thought it was different. And, you know, I, I just, it, it was just something that I hadn't seen, you know, at least recently. Now, in the years leading up since then, I kind of, you know, obviously my podcaster eyes kind of notice more imperfections with the film to the point now where on this last watch, um, that whole music video editing style act actually started to grade on me a little. Get bit. on your nerves, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, it, it really did. I never, I never noticed that before. And and it's not like I've gone ten years without seeing it. I've I've bought this on every form of media, you know, first DVD and um, Blu-ray and blah blah blah. I now own the 4K Blu-ray. Uh, I'm still a fan of the film, but I'm definitely not as high on it as I used to be. Rob Zombie as a filmmaker is very green here. I don't feel like he really hit his stride in his filmmaking capabilities until his second film, The Devil's Rejects. Um, but obviously we're talking about House of a Thousand Corpses today. So um, I still enjoy the film. I still enjoy the film greatly. I mean, it's brutal. It's mean spirited. Um, I get to watch Rain Wilson and Chris Hardwick die horribly, which is, you know, always a plus for me. Not to say I don't like Chris Hardwick, but uh, um, he's one of those uh, guilty pleasure guys that I love to see bad things happen to him in films. Sorry. <laughs> um, and then Rain Wilson, of course, playing Dwight Schrute on The Office, you know, in, in the years since the release of this film. Um, it's just nice to see more, you know, future big names in there as well. It, but it would have been awesome mm -hmm. if like his character had been Dwight. Uh, kind of in actually this, in this movie. I just that, think that would have been that fun. Quite true attitude, especially in the scene where he's by himself with Sherry Moon, yeah. would have been stellar. Absolutely yeah. comedy gold, honestly. But um, yeah. so yeah, so like I said, uh, just to keep this as short as possible, and which is hard for me, but it, I still enjoy the movie. I'm not as high on it as I used to be, but I feel like it's still a good example of early Rob Zombie before he really learned how to edit. Um, even the even his soundtracks got better. I still enjoy the soundtrack for this film, and I'll go over some of the songs on it later on. But it's definitely an example of a very green Rob Zombie film. Um, so, like I said, still enjoy it. But uh, I'm probably going to say The Devil's Rejects um, is probably more his, uh, you know, <laughs> quote unquote masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're saying that Rob Zombie has since learned to edit? 
because I'm not sure. Oh, I'm well, he kidding. doesn't do that. Bro. I'm just kidding with you. I had to say it. I had to say it. And I'm going to be very uh, soft here. You know, I don't, I don't want to like just spend this entire time uh, blasting. I'm going to try to pick out a lot of good stuff too. Um, Cause I think that, I think that he does have some, some talent, you know, in, in a lot of areas. So oh, obviously. Uh, yeah, and, and he's, he's another one of those Eli Roth types where he's, he's a huge fan of the genre himself and he wanted to be a part of it. He, you know, he, 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 he dipped his toe in the water. Obviously enough people embraced it that he now has a full fledged, you know, filmmaking career, which Bravo mm -hmm. for him. I, and as Mark said, I don't enjoy all of his movies. Um, there's actually one or two that I can't watch at all, but you know, that's not really a discussion for today, but, uh, I overall am still a fan of his. And when he does release new films, I will seek them out and watch them as quickly as I can. But he's definitely kind of more on the downward slope right now than on the up, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he might have lost his passion a little bit for it, you know. Because I think I he think, lost his, uh, like his brutality, his mean spiritedness of his mm -hmm. films really gone away. I mean, Three from Hell. Uh, sorry to go on a tangent, but again, Three from Hell should have been such a meaner, more mean spirited movie, considering mm -hmm. it's coming off the heels of Devil's Rejects, and it just wasn't, and that was unfortunate. Yeah. Yep. All right, Revenant Vin, what were your first impressions? When did you first see it? Um, well, I mean, back in the '90s, I would say I was a pretty big Rob Zombie fan. Uh, like Jerry had said, I really liked White Zombie. I also loved the first two albums. You know, uh, back in high school, I listened to Hellbilly Deluxe a lot, and I liked that Sinister Urge as well. Um, I liked when he still had the more of an industrial edge to his music. Yes. Um, he definitely, you know, he, he his his whole yeah, I, I didn't like the sound afterwards. It got a little bit nasally and weird. Uh, <laughs> but um, you know, I'd also I love the the animation that he did for Beef's Butt to America, and you know, he mentioned the music videos. There was such a great energetic mix of monsters and demons and this kind of '60s style sexual imagery um, and all that stuff. I really, you know, it, it was compelling, and I gravitated to it. Um, so I thought that's what I was going to get when I was going to go into a Rob Zombie horror film. Um, so this is a you know, instance where the expectations uh, kind of led me a little bit disappointed when I first saw the film. Um, you know, I what we ended up getting, and you know, Jerry kind of alluded to this already, is you know, kind of a '70s, you know, late, late '60s inspired grindhouse exploitation film. Um, and there was a lot of, you know, just sorry, a lot of swearing and murders just to kind of pad out a rather thin plot <laughs> for mm. the most part. Um, you know, and in retrospect, Rob Zombie was actually he's kind of ahead of the curve in terms of looking back to the seventies for horror inspiration and aesthetics. Mm -hmm. Um, we saw a lot of people follow that afterwards, especially kind of after nine 11, uh, you saw a lot of, um, people going back to remake seventies classics. There's kind of the, a lot of those seventies films kind of dealt with apocalyptic themes that mm -hmm. were kind of, you know, in the zeitgeist in the early two thousands. Yeah. But this is, you know, he, he was kind of ahead of a lot of the others with that. Um, but unlike those films, uh, he doesn't seem to have a reason to use <laughs> the 70s aesthetics. Um, it doesn't really inform the plot that much. It's just kind of things that he likes to see. Um, mm -hmm. That kind of goes back to, uh, I think, what Jerry was saying with the editing. Um, when I was watching it this time, it felt like, again, when I was in high school, I got a camcorder. So my friends and I would make movies. And you know, I had that little special feature button where, like, oh, look, now it's black and white. 
Yeah. <laughs> now all the colors, <laughs> and you just keep like you play with it. You know. Yeah. Look, now it's a negative like, image. Right. Exactly. And <laughs> you know, it felt like it felt like Rob Zombie found the buttons on the camera sometimes. Yeah. Um, it was messing around. I'm like, why is this switching this? I there's no reason for it at all. Um, mm. but anyway, you know, I I did look forward to rewatching this so I can kind of give it a reassessment because I hadn't watched it since I'd first seen it. Um, all these years. Uh, and I would say that. A lot of my original feelings were confirmed, uh, but there were parts to it that I thought were were pretty good, were pretty inspired. Um, and I say that this is still a better movie than Thirty One. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I do think that, that there's yeah, I do. There are elements of this movie that are actually quite good. Um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it necessarily, you know, holds together entirely as a film uh, <laughs> that's worth returning to over and over again for me, um, but. Uh, they, they, there were some good things here. All right. So I'll give my first impressions when I first saw it, and then we'll get into like, you really kind of picking it apart our likes and dislikes. Um, you know, I don't even remember the first time I saw this. I definitely did not see this at the theater, uh, because I, I don't know. I'm not sure why, uh, I didn't see it at the theater. I don't think it, uh, got a big push around where I'm at, but, um, I definitely saw it on, on DVD. Uh, probably, probably a couple years after it came out. And, uh, honestly, I hated it. <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> hated it, uh, because it was so music video y. And, um, I don't know. I'm just a kind of, my horror palette is just a little bit more, uh, a little bit different than, than what Rob Zombie likes to put out there. Uh, I- I'll say this. Till I'm blue in the face. Rob Zombie has interesting visuals and has uh, a lot of good ideas. Um, Dude can't write. Okay. If, if he had somebody else write the script for him and he stuck to the, you know, the, the directing and and bringing his style to, to the movie, I think we'd see a lot better movies. But since he insists on kind of writing everything that he does, um, it, it just, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't jive with me. Um, maybe it does. I, I know it does for a lot of other people. Um, but I know that this is very inspired, like you guys had said, by um, much better films. Uh, <laughs> Grind, Grindhouse flicks of the 70s. I mean, uh, he will say that it's, inspired and it's an homage to texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. uh, the hills have eyes comes to mind uh, and even things like i drink your blood or blood sucking freaks or those sorts of things um all of those are much better films <laughs> than this he, he even borrows uh, brian de palma's split screen yeah um, yes. so it's again it doesn't serve a purpose to the story <laughs> yeah it's just you know and and i remember liking the premise of the movie I think it's kind of cool. It's, it's, it's around Halloween. So they want to, you know, they're looking for something spooky. They're, they're kind of like, uh, you know, let's find some roadside weirdness. And, and they, uh, are really all about, you know, almost like, you know, before the days of haunts, right. Mm-hmm. Where you could go and be scared at a haunt or whatever. We'll talk about that later, but, uh, they're look, just looking for something strange or abnormal or scary on their road trip. And this is where they, they get, uh, uh, pulled into. So I like that. Um, but I just kind of felt, you know, first impressions, just very, 
very white trashy, very, <laughs> you know, uh, 62 uses of the F word, um, you know, f- for no apparent reason, because I, I don't know anybody that talks like that. I just don't. <laughs> I know I'm a sure, few. <laughs> I'm sure there are people out there that do, uh, but it, it always, here, here's something I've always been told. And I'm not saying this, if, if you're somebody who swears a lot, I, I could care less. I really could care less. But my, my mom would always say, you know, you're saying those words cause you don't know what else to say. So you just put that in there. And that kind of think makes me think of when Ram zombie is doing his writing, he doesn't know how to convey something else or, or so let's just put the F word here, you know, well, or something. There's times where like the, the opening scene where you've got captain Spaulding talking, you know, the, um, yeah, I forget the guy's name, but inside his shop, you know, and it seems like, it seems like he watched like a Kevin Smith film. Like he watched clerks, mm-hmm. you know, and he saw Dante and Randall talking about star Wars. He's yeah. like, I love this scene, but there's not enough F words, you know? So like he, he wants to like recreate that kind of dialogue. Not you know, and F with, word. you know, they have to be talking about like, you know, um, you know, I don't know, sexual, uh, well, you know, well, deviance or something like that the whole time. Well, what um, it is, it's, it's, it's junior high jokes. Yeah, no, it's, it's very, yeah, but, very, but, it, but it's, a well, you got a real, I, I think part of it though, is that you're talking about a family of serial killers. They've never lived in a bubble. They don't, they don't edit themselves. So the F word to them is like blue or sky to us. Yeah, but it's you know ri- I mean? it's written in a way that it seems like this is like what a 12-year-old thinks adults sound like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally and, agree. And, you and can I make understand I understand that these are serial killers, insane people. Uh they have they have obviously found a way to exist in society and not be caught because they've obviously done this before, right? You know, they've there's all kinds of people down in these caves and, and, and stuff. Um, it, I just, you know, I, I he, just, he it, seems just don't find think, it realistic. Yeah. I find well, it, he, you know, like the 12 year old uh, in sixth grade or seventh grade trying to write a, I'm going to write an edgy movie, yeah. and put the F word in like 70 times. And we're going to talk about uh pussy and I mean, we're going to, well, you know, I mean, I'm just like, okay. Uh, it's kind of funny though because you brought up or somebody brought up clerks and it's like well that's jay jay and uh, jay of jay and silent bob every other word out of his mouth is an f-bomb but no one seems to question i don't like kevin smith's films either and and that's fine that's fine but but the point is is that you know coming from the places that i've come from i can absolutely tell you people like this absolutely exist i know people that couldn't have a normal job because every other word out of their mouth is an expletive. So, you know, I I understand that it exists. And like I said, being that these are people who've never had to take an order from anyone, these people don't look like they've ever gone to school or they, or they just went to school until they got sick of it and then just stopped going or killed their teacher whatever. But, um, you know what I mean? It's like they, they're living without a filter. So, it's just like I said, it's just their normal language. I mean, they live in the sticks. It's not like they have bankers and and lawyers around them to kind of show. I understand. I understand what you're saying, Mr. Venom. But uh-huh. but look at it this way. Um, every single movie that Rob Zombie does, not everybody is a backwoods bumpkin, right? I oh, mean, sure. look at the look at the the uh, the Halloween remake. Oh sure, sure. That that whole first 
45 minutes. His he, he unrealistic, thinks, he, unrealistic yeah, yeah. dialogue about skull effing and dumpers. And he seems to think that you know, this is what's intimidating. Yeah. I don't like, this is what, this is what intimidating think, people sound like. I think that Rob Zombie comes from a different world than most people. And that's just what he's I what he's seen. I don't I mean, think so. Because look at, look at, Look at the movies that have inspired him. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That has nearly zero profanity. That's fine. Okay. I, and, and that's just Hills as valid have a, almost zero profanity. Because the horror, you know, they don't have to be, uh, you know, splurting expletives and junior high jokes all the time to be weird. I mean, Toby Hooper had, had uh, Leatherface sit down and look out the window and lick his lips and what's going on you know i mean that was weird and that was scary this movie's Absolutely. not scary oh, no. at all to me i don't all. think it's really scary i mean there's maybe one or two scenes with some mm-hmm. decent tension but yeah i wouldn't go so far as to call Part it scary his, his characters never shut up <laughs> yeah right he's kind of Again, i, 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 I think know he, he doesn't know how to use silence uh as something that's intimidating oh um, well he's not an auteur you know, by himself, no no you know? well. <laughs> But like I said, I know people who, I mean, you were talking, you mentioned earlier the family talking about, you know, skullduggery and other things like that. I know, I I flat out have met people that are like that. Like, you can't even take yeah, them. Well, no, he, to, he successfully, he, he successfully conveys that they're white trash. We get that part, right? Sure, sure. I mean, it's, it's just, it, we, we see this pop up in Rob Zombie films over and over and over again, though. Um, and I mean, it's, honestly, like, he, he lived not he too far away from me. I used to drive by his house all the time. He was not. He was not hanging out with those people. <laughs> no, not by the time you were driving he had a by. Beautiful house, house in the Connecticut suburbs. I mean, it's not like when he was. You know, we don't know what he was like when he was thirteen. What kind of people he was hanging out with? Blah blah blah. I mean, no, the guy's a musician. A, don't forget, a this guy is a like long-time yeah. musician. Musicians are some of the people that I'm talking about that just can't speak a sentence without an expletive in it. And you know, I, I don't know. I. I I, I don't know if it's maybe our different upbringing that that foul language has never bothered me. It's never like taken me out of a film, but it also doesn't do the opposite where it, it entices me or makes me like it more. No, it's just Rob Zombie writes what he knows. And if he knows yeah. poor white trash, then he's going to write it. No. You know, I, I don't I don't I, know poor white trash. I don't I don't I don't buy that at all. I don't buy that at all. I, I would almost guarantee you he didn't grow up white trash. I'm almost guaranteeing you that, but there are, there are people, there are people that are drawn to that type of dialogue. They love it. They love his trash dialogue. And I'm not one of them, but I'm not, you know, I'm no saint. I mean, I cursed like a sailor when I was a teenager, you know? Um, and, but, and I don't, I don't necessarily get turned off by people cursing in movies. Uh, because it's, you know, I'm a horror fan. It's going to happen. Okay. Uh, like, like for instance, haunt that, that has some cursing in it. Okay. But it's, it's, it seems and feels realistic where this right, doesn't. And that's some... why, it t- and that's why it takes me out of it. Because Again, it you're seems, saying, yeah. you're saying it seems realistic, but what you're saying is that you've never experienced that in your okay. life. I'll, I will tell you this. Realistic. I will tell you this out of everybody on this show. I grew up in West Virginia. Uh-huh. I lived in four different trailer parks. We had no money. We were the definition 
of poor white trash. Okay. Nobody in my life ever talked like this. That's fine. That's no, that your experience though. You have to realize <laughs> that there are millions of experiences that you don't know about, that I don't know about, that Vin doesn't know about. All we can speak to is what we've experienced. No, Jay, and... we're not we're not saying that like there are people like this that exist. We're right. just saying it's it's not good writing. <laughs> I mean, it's not. Oh, I it's mean, like, I'll, I'll agree it, with like, that. You've got you've got Captain Spaulding talking to you know, apparently I don't know maybe a friend or somebody who's not a part of the Firefly clan, and they're talking like this too. And then like the sheriff walks in and he's practically talking like this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just like it's just this is this is the way that he's just writing his adults. You know, the right. only people that don't talk like this are the two couples. Um, so I mean, it's just it, it's just it's the aesthetic he's going for. It's not it's not a realism. Yeah. See, yeah. I. I Without yeah. talking to the man, I can't make that statement. I can't sit here and say that he's purposely going for shock value with his language. Like I said, the man is a musician. He was a musician for 20 years before he ever made this movie. He toured all over the country, all over the world. He's played in some of the scummiest holes that you could possibly think of. So that experience is different than any of ours. And all I'm saying... Uh, I'm not saying it's good writing, not by any stretch. And I'm not saying that it's necessarily entertaining. Again, not by any stretch. What I'm arguing is the statements that people are making about realism. We don't know his realism. We don't. We flat out don't. And anybody who says they do is being a little ignorant. We don't know his path. We don't know his journey. All I'm saying is if every single script he's ever written is filled with expletives, then wouldn't it be safe to say that was his life? That's just Jerry, his experience. Jerry, no. Do you I, think I, he's going think for it, realism in this film? No. I, no, not at all. No. <laughs> it, it's, all of his movies are completely not. for shock value. It's completely for shock. Somebody uh, telling uh, somebody, yeah. say that again, and I'm going to crawl over there and skull F you. That's completely for shock value. It's sure exactly it what it's for shock value. So that's what I think it is. But I, again, that's here like and there. That but here's the it's, thing: who is who is Rob Zombie making this movie for? The masses, or is it just for him, not. like a home movie? Because it's, it's not reality for ninety nine point nine percent of us. You're absolutely correct. So we don't understand, and we can't. So if he's okay with having you know ninety nine percent of people be like, that's not realistic. Okay, that's fine. Um, let's move on. From, I mean, the from fact that. that this is his first film and I, I am, I am moving on with this, but yeah. he, uh, it seems like, you know, he doesn't know he's going to have a second film. Um, it does feel like he's kind of throwing everything he can in this movie mm-hmm. <laughs> in no, a lot of true. ways. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't that, all yeah. gel, but, um, well, you know, yeah. he, he was, um, what was I reading something? He was doing some sort of a haunt. Um, I don't know if it was at universal. It was at Warner brothers. Warner Brothers or whatever, and he was doing like a, a Halloween type haunt, and a lot of that um, imagery you see here, yes. because it's like they're going through like one of the craziest haunts uh, ever, like mm-hmm. e- different um, settings. You know, there's all kinds of different. Uh, Are you talking about like Captain Spaulding's ride, or is this something different? The, I mean, everything. I mean, the ride okay. going down to see Doctor Satan, all, mm-hmm. those tunnels, all that. It, it's like. It's like a crazy haunt. And you know what? I like that part about it. I really do. Mm-hmm. Like when they get down to Dr. Satan, that's a creepy uh, setting right there. It, I thought that was good. The thing is with, I, I agree. I like the way it looked. I honestly, I remember the first time I saw this, the whole Dr. Satan mythos was kind of so briefly sketched 
that yeah. I had no idea what was going on at the end of that movie <laughs> the first time yeah. I saw it. Oh, um, yeah, they could have given not some more. Not until I actually saw Doctor Satan did I remember the whole myth. Yeah. But when she was down there, I'm like, what the hell is going on down here? Um, but anyway, yeah. it, it's yeah, like I said, you throw so much bit. at this movie. It, it kind of, a lot of things I think need could have been emphasized better. Yeah. Well, there were more scenes with Doctor Satan that got ended up cutting out. If you, if oh, you right. have, there was a lot of stuff that they yeah they, they, cut made, they made him cut because at the last minute Rob Zombie decided that Doctor Satan was just a little too over the top to make him a main player in the movie, and because mm-hmm. and even the little scene that he's in towards the end, some people still hate that scene, even mm-hmm. though it's like literally three seconds long. And, yeah. so, and his yeah. and his helper, that's Rob Zombie, right? Or Rufus? I'm not yes. sure. Yeah, that's, that's, he, that guy seems he, big. He gets Rob credit for it. He oh, gets okay. credit for it. Yeah. Oh, he must be wearing boots then, because Rob Zombie's not that tall. No, he's like <laughs> five seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, he's pretty short. <laughs> um, uh, studio, this is Warner Brothers? Is that who that was? Oh, this one is, yeah, I believe. Yeah. Uh, the studio really wanted him to focus more on the kids. And this this is a problem I have with Rob Zombie's movies for the for the most part. Um, and zombies reaction was nobody gives a bleep about the kids because there's no character development. So nobody really cares when any of them dies, you know what I'm saying? And, and this is, this is a talk point I want to, I want to bring up because this is something that's been going on and on around in my mind. This is a great film for those who identify with or root or villains in horror films. You know what I'm saying? I I don't do that. Um, there are people that they're, they're rooting, you know, for Jason, for Freddie, for Michael. You know, that's the thing. Like I I want I'm rooting for the good to overcome the evil. That's just me. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I I think you know I, I'm looking for good kills. I'm looking for horror. I'm looking for menace. But ultimately, I don't want Michael Myers to kill everybody. And I, I want Laurie Strode to triumph over Michael Myers eventually. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't want Jason to kill everybody. I want Tom, Tommy Jarvis to overcome. But there are people that come to these movies and they, they basically identify or root for the killer mm-hmm. or for the bad person, you know, all the time. Well, and that's just not, the... that's, that's not how I look at horror movies yeah. and, and it's okay to look at it both ways. You know, I don't, sure. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. Um, that is, that is fine. If that's how you view them, you enjoy horror movies the way you enjoy them. I enjoy them the way I enjoy them. So I think that's one of the things that, that takes away from I, I, my I enjoyment. The, the sequels definitely go in that direction. Yeah, you know, um, I I I tried rewatching th- um, uh, Devil's Rejects, and I I actually I turned it off halfway through. I, I'm actually not a big fan of that film. I think aesthetically it's kind of cool, uh, but it, it's it's it goes on so long with the torturing of the family, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's just it's just not my it, it's not, not something I want to spend time with, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you know you got Three from Hell, where it's like he saw you know. Robert Rodriguez '90s films. That's a very, <laughs> and he's, like, a very he's like, we're gonna Western. make them into like you know El Mariachi, and we're gonna, um, <laughs> they, they're gonna become these heroes, you know, basically in the end. I'm like, these are like serial murders and rapists, but okay. Right. And that now, now we're gonna, we're supposed to be rooting for them. Um, 
So I, I think I, I do think you have something there as far as him, you know, uh, making heroes out of yeah. yeah. Well, let me, out of no, very, this people, is a very right? cultural touch point right now. Um, let's talk about this real quick. The Joker. Yes. Okay. Yep. A lot of people watch that movie. And if you don't have a, a good frame of mind, you're rooting for Arthur Fleck. You know what I'm saying? Because he's gotten crapped on. Mm-hmm. He's gotten pushed. He's gotten pushed to the edge. He's not being taken care of. He's marginalized. And man, these people deserve what they get. You know, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like you can, you can get to that point. And I know there are people out there that are watching that movie and they love the Joker because he's fighting back. He's, you know, whatever. And that's not the way I look at it. I, I felt, I mean, I thought, I thought it was one of the saddest movies I've ever seen. Yes, I, absolutely. I mean, I was like, I was in tears. Films I've seen all year. I was um, in tears yeah. at the way he was being treated you know, like when he got home and got into the fridge, you know, because he just, I don't know what he was doing. He was just like isolating himself from the rest of the world. He, you know, that was after, you know, I'm spoilers, but I'm not going to go there, but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Sure. But I still wasn't rooting for him to kill a bunch of people. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, mm. and I don't I, think the movie is, I think the movie is a warning. No, I yeah, don't think right. the movie is, but that's right. why there was so much controversy. If it was made by Rob Zombie, you would, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, um, again, I mean, Rob Zombie speaking to his demographic. He likes yeah. villains. I mean, yeah. a lot of us like villains. It's, yeah. you know. No, well, no, we, we love monsters, right? Yeah. I mean, we love, villain, sure. we love monsters, we love villains, but we don't always root for them to succeed, you know. Yeah. Um, just, and again, that's just the way I am. Uh, I don't. I, I sure I want to see Michael Myers well, because you know you, you take the, you take the uh, the regular uh, slasher formula right. That's usually why oftentimes in slasher films like it's the it's the jerks that die first, right? Because you kind of want to see them die. Mm-hmm. But then by the time you get to the final girl, you switch your allegiance. Yeah, you know, and now you want to see her or whoever it is take down the killer, right? <laughs> but there's there's a switch that occurs in these yeah. films. But there's um, no switch in mostly, zombie right? movies. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there really isn't much of a switch in zombie movies. He doesn't give you a reason to really root for the other people. You know, to even he kind of has a final girl in here, but it's kind of I don't know. Like I didn't get to know her at all. I, I, I don't remember her name. <laughs> you know, uh, um, here, but I have a question, a qu- yeah. question for Mister Venom because he knows yes, more zombie stuff. Like in this movie, is is it clear? The Captain Spaulding is part of the fire, Firefly clan. Not at all. Not uh, not even. And no. At yeah, no that was kind of ret- retconned in, right? Exactly. That's the and, thing. Everybody everybody just remembers after they watch more Firefly uh, appearances. Yeah, then they're like, oh yeah, I knew Captain Spaulding was part of it the whole time. But no, no. there's literally no clue at all. I mean, yeah, they because keep I think sick. at the very end, I think he was actually trying to help the girl. I think he um, was like, we're going to get you. And, or do you think then, he knew that Otis was I, in the back seat? I think he knew Otis was back there, yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I, I think I mean, that was supposed to be a twist. Yeah. Uh, well, that's true, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but, but I mean, I think he had, Zombie had set up that we're not supposed to think that of Spaulding because he makes that, he may, doesn't he make the phone call or something like that, right? Um, 
Yeah, yeah. It, it, he, he's actually no, that's right. When the cops come, he's actually giving them information. Yeah, yeah, right. he's helping. Uh, he's giving he's them. He's actually like he's an actual likable character, even though you know he's kind of foul in the way he pre- presents himself. He's vulgar, but yeah, he, he's 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 kind of likable in in, in, in sure. certain aspects. I think that's why people. What's why Captain Spaulding is probably one of the more you know I don't know I guess all three of them. Well, I mean, uh, I, I, I more Spaulding. I, I agree, more Spaulding. I mean, I, I just want to mention a like here because I you know. uh I do like the opening of this film with Dr. Wolfenstein, right? Uh, <laughs> and then and then you have the Captain Spaulding commercial, right? And then you get the, the great yeah. opening credits, um, which... I, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I, when, when I was re-watching the film, I'm like, oh, maybe this was actually a lot better than I remembered it being. And then it, it kind of peters out after that. Uh, <laughs> That's but funny. I, I love that opening. Yeah, we, we, you and I have the exact opposite reaction. I still love the Captain Spaulding commercial. I thought Doctor Dr. Wolfenstein was silly as hell. I understand why he's there, and I understand why a lot of people What's like the him. Way and the that's horror hosts were. Yeah, but not that bad. Like I, I watch, I still watch Fenguli. He's not that quite that like in your face and yelling and maniacal laughter and everything else. I mean, see, the ones that I enjoyed were the ones that were a little bit more even keel. The Joe mm-hmm. Bob, the Elvira's, the yeah. Svenglis. Yeah, but they came after even. I mean, this is set before them. Oh, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah. But even back then, I mean, even, I mean, you're still talking like the, the more local ones, like um, Zachary in New York, and then you have yeah. like uh, Chili Billy in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, regionally, they all had them. But I, I'm just saying yeah. that I, I, I found Dr. Wolfenstein in 2003 to just be a little a little over the top. I didn't hate it necessarily. I just was very glad when the Captain Spaulding commercial started. <laughs> <laughs> now, what do you guys think about um, the acting? We've already talked about dialogue, yeah. but I like Karen I, I think Black that, though. Karen oh, Black did a good job. Yeah. I, th- I think that uh, Walton Goggins, Groggins did a great job. I thought he was like the most normal character. Uh, uh, kind of, I mean, he comes off a little wormy and a little bit of a douche, but yeah, I guess. Yeah, but that—that's his character, though. I like the know? sheriff. I, I the, the sheriff. Yeah, and William Bassett, the sheriff. Yeah, absolutely, was pretty good. Him. Um, and the the group of kids, like those are, you know. Rain, uh, Rain Wilson, Rain. He, I mean, he's a pretty good actor. I mean, he's, so now, yes, he's not, not. He's not. He's not asked to do too much here. Exactly. No, I think he was the most sympathetic of the bunch. Mm-hmm. So well, when I, he's I the first to go, I'm kind of like, oh, all right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you only see the after effects. I'm like, oh, well, that's all right, the thing. Well, yeah, they, really... they they made him cut that too, because there yeah, was yeah. more of a um, an extended cut where they were showing how they make him into uh, yeah the brick house the fish like, boy. Yeah, the brick house scene is like three times as long in in the uh, unedited version. Yeah, yeah. Which has never been commercially released, unfortunately, but the, the footage is out there. You can see it on YouTube. Yeah. Um. And uh, I mean, I, I I say this a lot, and I actually get a lot of crap from the horror community, but I I, I hate Sherry Moon Zombie in this movie. She's she's not even acting. She's basically just playing herself and. At times, she does, especially after the song and dance, she does start to get a little bit more over the top, a little bit more in your face. But mm. I just, compared to her performance in Three from Hell, which I actually praised in my review, um, I, I prefer House of a Thousand Corpses as a film. Um, but I feel like Sherry Moon has gotten better. I, it doesn't mean I'm a fan. I'm not a fan at all. 
And every every time a new Rob Zombie movie, you know, is announced, then, you know, it's a pretty safe bet she's going to be in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think she's gotten a lot better. But yeah, I, I absolutely hate her in this movie, as far as her performance goes. I, I, just, I, I, eh. I, I do actually like that little song and dance routine that she does. Oh, the song that, and dance was great. That yeah. kind of like, you know, like that Betty Boop thing. Um, it's actually, it's, I mean, it's, it's kind of like... A, interesting mix of like sexiness and creepiness with that Absolutely, um yeah. again Is i kind of one i want to be loved stuff. by you yeah yep. yeah so, boop, boop, yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she she's over the top you know like you said she turns it on uh, about halfway through and goes kind of what over the top and like with that laugh oh you know which I, is I which is her. which is really you can tell it's a fake forced laugh it's not like um but I'm going to say something that'll probably piss a lot of people off. Uh-uh. I, I don't like Bill Mosley as, as an actor. That's like, going to piss a lot of people off. Almost, <laughs> almost in anything he does. I think he plays a great psycho. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a big fan of his normal roles. Like you know, most recently, he was in that um, giant uh, boar movie from Australia called Boar. And right. he just played a normal straight laced guy, and I hated him in that movie. But whenever he plays a psychopath, I I don't know. There's a certain how can I put it? It's not it's not. Whereas Jack Nicholson kind of shows insanity in his face, Otis and Bill Mosley characters in general tend to do it more with their words. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the same thing. It's like it's the things that he's saying that are creepy more than him himself. Obviously, I mean, he's got a metal plate showing. So obviously to the, uh, you know, to somebody who just met him, he's an odd looking character. Yes. But I feel like there are some actors that portray insanity with their face and body and then some with their words. And that's, I think that's where Mosley falls. Yeah. It's more about the dialogue. So he's a slave to the writer, honestly. Yeah. Ultimately. I, I definitely think that even though he doesn't really, say that this was an influence i think uh, texas chainsaw 2 sure. is is a real big influence uh, because it's it's more uh comic like over the top comic type mm-hmm. thing but he also said in an interview that he wasn't going for humorous when he was filming this movie but that's kind of how it turned out so he went with it so what does that say about zombie as a filmmaker? Like I shot this whole movie trying to be serious and it came out kind of like comically. And so, yeah, I we'll, mean, we'll go with that compared to Texas chainsaw. This is a more, way more serious role for him. I do see what you're saying, but I think because going into this movie about the only thing I knew Mosley from was Texas chainsaw too so yeah, yeah, yeah you know i had that character in the back of my mind so when he was a little bit more subdued than that character and actually at times almost speaking rather intelligently i mean you know psychos usually do um mm-hmm. you know most psychopaths are considered fairly intelligent a lot of them anyway and mm-hmm. uh, you know you get the hannibal lecter effect that that's an extreme example obviously but, yeah absolutely but i mean i i feel like comparing the two characters yeah one is just you know batshit crazy whereas otis has a he's still obviously psychotic but he still has a a certain control to him especially when he's got those girls tied in the chair and he's actually like giving his little speech about blood being forever and everything that to me is menacing whereas you know the texas chainsaw character he's still creepy as hell and i would never go near him like that but it's almost like a goofy kind of fear 
Like, he, like, I don't think he realizes how scary he is in Texas Chainsaw, you know? The character, I mean, not so much Bill. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of how I look at it. Um, uh, I can see how people would think that, though, that, you know, Mosley is going for laughs. I didn't really get that. I do see the levity in some scenes, yes. But I also, I, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just didn't see him going for laughs here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, I prefer him as chop top uh, I, I, sure, sure. I just do um, oh, i do too. I'm not a big there's a lot of people man they love otis yeah otis, I mean, otis hey, is their jam the I'm not a, I'm in not general, otis man you yeah. know they've become horror icons and it's gotten to the point where you know just like with a michael myers or a freddie if you speak negatively about them you're going to get a large amount of people that are going to defend them very loudly and the fireflies are no different you know they've officially got a trilogy now so yeah, they're they're just gonna get more and more love from the community. Yeah, little known fact that uh, he he appeared on a uh, episode of the Father Dowling Mysteries with Tom Bosley. Anyway, nice. <laughs> what were you getting ready to say, Reverend Vin? You were getting ready to say something uh, when you were talking about um, you know, the, the, their unintentional comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, if I remember correctly, I think that you know, when Stuart Gordon was making Reanimator. Um, mm-hmm. he was, he thought that everything was like really serious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, they, they watched it and they're like, this is actually really funny. Uh, so it, it was kind of an unintentional comedy. So I can kind of see where, sure. you know, you, certain happened total here things, as well. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- that's how I was going to, I was going to yeah. interject. Uh, I did like the score in this, in this, uh, movie and, and a lot of the use of, uh, uh, the music, I enjoyed yeah, that. This is when zombie was still doing industrial stuff, so I really mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but the the non-zombie songs on this soundtrack too. I mean, who's gonna mow your grass by Buck Owens? I want to be loved by you, of course, by Helen Kane. We already mm-hmm. talked about that. Now I want to sniff some glue by the Ramones. <laughs> of course, the epic, and I don't care what anybody tells me, the epic scene of Slim Whitman's "I Remember You" playing just before Nash bites it. I love that scene. I know a lot of people have problems with that long, drawn-out camera kind of, oh. you know. Well, this is what I, Zombie likes. He loves, like, a, a sort of upbeat classic song playing mm-hmm. over something in extreme slow motion, <laughs> right? Oh, it's true. Uh, I can't, very I can't often there's, like, house. a naked woman running or something like that. Or... Yeah. I can never um, listen to Brick House the same again. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I really, really enjoy the... Uh, the sets in, in this movie. I think that it is really, really well done, very detailed, um, very creepy. You know, every, every set in this movie is, is, is great. Yeah. Um, really, everything about it. And from what I understand, um, if you actually count the skulls, there actually are 1000 corpses in the house. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember where I read that, if it was Fangoria when the movie first came out. But yeah, I remember somebody somebody on the film crew actually quoting that if you took the time and for, and went by it, you'd have to look at the deleted scenes too, unfortunately. Not just the theatrical cut, but if you were to see the entire cut and actually count the skulls, it's actually exactly a thousand. So go figure. Nice. And it's I amazing like that the... it took the cops that long to catch up with them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a thousand people missing, but you know. maybe those are the only two cops in the whole town. And I like the uh, when the, the main girl, and again, like you said, 
who knows what the heck her name was. Was it Denise? Um, yeah, I, I believe it was. Yeah, or she got put down in the um, the cave there for Doctor. Yeah, Safe. I know the other one was Mary. She was one with the attitude the whole time. Yeah, yes. I don't know which one was which. I think it was Denise was the one that actually came out and survived at the end. Um, but when she first went down in there, was in that water and and all of the uh, uh, corpses or whatever. Yeah. They were came out that that was very similar to like poltergeist sure. for me and and I thought that was a nice uh, I don't know if that's what he was going for like an homage to that but uh, I enjoyed that scene that that was I thought that was one of the the only like really like scary scenes yeah I mean it was a legitimate tense scene I still question what those things are like that and, uh, yeah it's so yeah, was unclear. there something supernatural I'm, I'm guessing that they were like experiments from Doctor Satan yeah I. I I guess that's an. But I don't know. I mean, because it's... it's like they seem like zombies, but then they were chilling under the water until literally that one moment, and then they all pop up at the same time. And it's like, yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out like same thing with the girls. Remember when they threw Denise in that cage in the basement, and those three girls pop up from the sheets? Yeah. Like, are they brainwashed? I mean, they don't they don't look like members of the Fireflies. They look like three normal girls that were probably kidnapped by them. But why did they attack her? When they threw when when Otis threw her in that cage, like yeah, there's definitely some scenes in here that leave you scratching your head. I mean, you know, for the most part, if you're into the movie, you're not really gonna question it. Like you know, when I first watched it, I didn't really question any of this stuff. I was so enamored with what I was watching. But yeah, over the years, it's th- there's multiple scenes in here where you're just like, wait a minute, what? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's the House of Horrors, man. It, so I, I don't even need all those things to be explained. You know, I, I'm one of those, um, people that the less explanation, uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> it, it's scarier to me. Um, uh, for me, like, there when, is a line though. I yeah. Mean, there's, there's a line. Also, I mean, you know, you mentioned the whole thing about too much, you know, maybe over explaining, but the thing that I kept getting so distracted by, and th- we kind of mentioned it already, but I think I just want to focus on it a little bit. Are those grainy video intercuts? of mm-hmm. the psychos like it, it it became so distracting and all it did the to guy, me what was, was the black guy it, it just it just ended up ruining any tension that was going on what was he saying i don't even know what he was oh, saying. oh Shotgun, i think he was saying uh, i forgot that scene's coming up too here i'm watching the film as we what? speak um i don't remember yeah and i was just like it's coming they're coming for you or something i don't know what he was saying but i was like who is this person <laughs> and what does he have to do with what's going on? I don't know. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah. So that was uh, a little weird there, but Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely an interesting choice. There. I mean, it made me laugh at least. I chuckled at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He had he had like little signs all over his little shack. Exactly. Yeah. The world's coming to an end. Um I will say this as I've done like some reading and research that it's really solidified it to me. This is a quintessential love it or hate it film you know mm. what i'm saying i've I seen see that, yeah. as i go through um uh like imdb ratings and stuff it's either a one or a ten <laughs> like almost <laughs> almost all of the the uh reviews are ones or tens well, now of, of course not everybody thought it was a ten. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah sometimes well sometimes people give it a 10 to kind of balance out I don't, I don't like giving stuff like a one unless it's like muck, you know. Um, 
so people they might have thought it's an eight, but they're going to give it a ten to try to get that score up because this is this is something like a six point something, I believe, um, on IMDb six point one right. out of seventy two thousand um, reviews on IMDb. But it it it's what like twenty some percent or thirty some percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I don't know. Well, yeah, Rotten Tomatoes also incorporates uh, critic reviews too. So yeah, the critics did not. Uh, yeah. Did not like this movie very much. I want to. I want to read something because um, <laughs> there was a couple things that made me laugh out loud. Um, yeah, uh, Luke Y. Thompson from the Dallas Observer actually was one of the higher ones. Man, he gave it a sixty out of a hundred. Mm-hmm. And if your expectations aren't too high, there's lots of cool stuff on screen, uh, <laughs> and that's what I feel like a lot of people. Um, n- have have started to do with Rob Zombie movies. Well, let's just keep the expectations really low, and then when we go in, we won't be disappointed. And it'll, you know, that's a that's a horrible way to to go into a movie. You know? Honestly, I, I that's my expectation for every single movie I watch. I every movie I go into, I figure it's going to be garbage. Even if I'm going to see like the latest Robert Eggers movie, I mean, I'm, I'm just assuming that it's going to be bad. And then when it's not, I'm pleasantly surprised. And when it's actually exceptional, like a Robert Eggers movie, then forget about it. It's like a 10 out of 10 for me. But no, I, under, I understand what you're saying. Though. Yeah. Uh, Dan Feinberg of LA Weekly. Zombie wants his film to be gleefully demented, but he fails to grasp that loud, inbred, evil people torturing stupid, grating, benign people isn't disturbing, just tedious. <laughs> um, New York Post. Here we go. This is the. This is really um, Megan Lehman of the New York Post. He got a, a, a. This movie got a twelve out of one hundred. Wow. Kicks off as a cheap piece of retro slock schlock, and quickly devolves into a putrid bloodbath with a thin narrative made utterly indecipherable by the first time director's clueless approach to filmmaking. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah. So he got, he got destroyed on that. I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I'm the first to say horror never gets any love, you know, uh, sure. with uh, yeah. al- almost never, let's just say that almost never. But, uh, I thought those were just funny to read. So, well, <laughs> let's, uh, let's go ahead. We got two more movies to talk about, but let's go uh-huh. ahead and, and rate it, and uh, if you have any closing thoughts or anything else that you wanted to say, let's uh, start with Revenant Vin. Um, yeah, I, you said love it or hate it. Like I, I don't hate this film. Um, I definitely don't love it. Uh, I am, you know, and it's very middle of the road. Uh, it's not one that I need to own. It's not one that I'm going to keep on returning to. But I think that there are some interesting things that Zombie does in here. Um, so I'm going to come in with a, a six point five. Um, it's not a failure of a film at all. But uh, it's a lot of it's just not really for me. Okay, Mr. Venom. All right. Well, I still lean towards loving this film. I can see its imperfections, especially on these last couple of rewatches. Um, the editing style bothering me. Some of the sound design choices bothering me. Um, still love the soundtrack. Still love the score. There are still certain scenes. Um, as I mentioned, you know, Officer Nash's death earlier, um, th- there are certain scenes that I still absolutely love in this film. Um, so I'm going to come in just slightly higher than Vin with a 7 out of 10. 
Okay, very good. Uh, I'll I'll be uh, quite honest that this is not, you know, a great movie for me. Although I, I did find certain things in it to like, you know, it's not a complete mess. Uh, and I do agree, Jerry. There are, uh, and and I I've said this on Facebook, but I want to say it on on uh, on air because. Um, I, I get that reputation of just hating Rob Zombie just to hate Rob Zombie. <laughs> so I went through and, and, and watched uh, some of his stuff again, especially the Halloween remake. And I'll tell you, uh, after the 45-minute mark, uh, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was, you know, it was a more brutal mm-hmm. telling of, of, you know, Michael Myers coming home. Now, I didn't like the whole backstory and, and of course, all the rednecky white trash sure, sure. dialogue, never, but I loved, um, I loved his kill of Judith. Uh, yeah. and so from that point on, I thought it was really solid. I really did. Um, mm-hmm. so I, it definitely can't touch the original, but so, I, oh, so yeah. I'm not just saying things because I hate Rob Zombie. I'm giving him a chance. I'll give him a second chance. Uh, I watch all of his movies, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I watch everything. Uh, but I, I give this one a five out of 10. Uh, I, I just think it's an, an average movie. Uh, there were some really cringy parts for me, but there's, there's enough, uh, there's enough good in this that if, if you're a, a horror fan, you might, you might find it to be uh, very entertaining. I put it that way. I think it's more entertaining than it is a good movie. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah, I so mean, I, I love exploitation and you know grindhouse films of the late '60s, early '70s. I would never say any of them are "quote unquote" good, yeah. but I watch many of them and enjoy them, and I will continue to watch House of a Thousand Corpses every Halloween or every October. Excuse yeah. me, it's definitely not a Halloween night watch, but I mean, it'll stay, it'll remain an October watch for me just because it is set around Halloween, and I still, you know, it's still. I hate to say that I'm mildly nostalgic for this movie because I just, like I said, when I saw it opening day, I was just very happy with it. I was ecstatic that, you know, Rob Zombie actually pulled off something, you know, at least credible. Like he didn't make musicians who turn into directors look stupid. At least Mm -hmm. he obviously needed time to hone his craft a little bit. And he still, honestly, he still has more honing to do. I mean, he hasn't reached, any yeah. kind of pinnacle by any stretch, e- even though Devil's Reject speaks to me very loudly, he still has a lot of work to do, and I hope he keeps going. But I, at the same time, I'm with you, Mark. I hope he starts letting other people write his movies because he's not the greatest uh, writer. He can write songs, but man, he can't write a screenplay. Yeah, but he he could he could crank out more movies if, if you know he would say you know write this. This is my idea. Write this. Yeah, and and, and I'm gonna put it on the screen in in a, in a interesting fashion that yeah. I, I would be completely on board with that completely on board with movie, that. I would love to see a Rob zombie movie not written by him and also with none, none of his repeat stars. I want to see him work with a whole new bunch yeah. of people. What, what happened? What happened? Uh, he was supposed to do some hockey movie. Don't oh you yeah. Remember that? Multiple rumors. He was supposed to do a Western for a little while. I could uh, see him doing a Western because the devil's rejects and three from hell are very Western. Oh yeah. They're road movies. Absolutely. Then, yeah. Yeah. It would definitely translate to that genre. Um, God, I even remember there was rumor of him wanting to do a bond movie for a little bit. 
um, before Tarantino was talking about wanting to do a Bond movie. So, yeah, I mean, his, his tastes are obviously all over the place, but he's got his niche. And until he can perfect that niche, just stay there. Stay in, stay solidly in horror. Uh, you know, give us more movies like Lords of Salem as opposed to House of a Thousand Corpses, and we'll be a lot happier for it. Yeah. That's one I have to go back and rewatch because that I, one's a very cerebral one. It's it's definitely you know, and I'm okay little, with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. Uh, I'd very like to see house. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, that was our feature review of House of a Thousand Corpses. When we come back, we will get into 2016's The Barn. <laughs> Soon from Nevermore Production Films. Meet Sam, Josh, Michelle, Russell, Chris, and Nikki as they embark on a Halloween night they'll never forget. The Barn. isn't just a campfire story anymore. It's something far worse. <laughs> the Barn. What happens every year when the harvest moon shines its brightest is about to happen again and again and again. All they wanted was a Halloween they'd never forget. What they got was a night they'd pray to survive. This Halloween. Gotta stay away from the pup. Trick or treat, smell my feet, scare me to death, and die. Starring Mitchell Mussolino, Will Stout, Lexi Drips, Cortland Woodard, Nikki Darling, Nicholas Joshua, and Richard Bellock. The Barn. Coming soon to video cassette. All right, we are back, and we are here to talk about the 2016 uh, independent horror movie, The Barn. Uh, it is not rated an hour and 28 minutes. It's listed as comedy horror. I didn't get a whole lot of comedy in it. Um, uh, 5.4 out of 10, just over 1,000 uh, reviews on IMDb. Directed and written by Justin M. Seaman. Um, who also did a, an anthology. He was part of an anthology called 1031. Stars Mitchell Masolino, Will Stout, and I swear this is not a porn name, Lexi Drips. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Come on. Linnea Quigley and uh, Ari Lehman. Uh, yes, you know who those people are. So the synopsis, guys, uh, it's Halloween, 1989. Best friends, Sam and Josh, are trying to enjoy what's left of their final devil's night before graduating high school. But trouble arises when the two pals and a group of friends take a detour on their way to a rock concert, finding an old abandoned barn and awakening the evil inside. And now it's up to Sam and Josh to find a way to protect their friends and defeat the creatures that lurk within the barn. All right. Well, let's start uh, this time with uh, Mr. Venom. Mr. Venom, uh, what are your uh, uh, memories of this? Like, when did you first see it, and what are your 
your first impressions. All right. Well, this was a first time watch for me. Um, I remember Mr. Watson reviewing this film either last Halloween or the Halloween before. And, you know, he gave it a fairly positive review um, and it sounded interesting to me, but I just never got around to watching it right away. So when you guys picked this one uh, for the episode, I didn't watch a trailer. I went into it as completely blind as possible. And man, the first 10 minutes of this movie, I just didn't know what I was watching. Like the movie starts with an epic child kill, which anybody who listens to my shows know that I love children dying in movies. So bravo there. Um, <laughs> not in real life. Not in no, real life. Of course. In movies. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just remember within the first 10 minutes, like the dialogue sounded awful. It was completely ADR. The entire movie is ADR. Yeah. Um, I remember the score sounding like muffled and then suddenly characters started talking and their acting was so laughably bad that I, I, I literally was going to contact you guys in the group chat and be like, wait a minute, are we really watching this? Mm-hmm. But at about the 10 minute mark, Ari Lehman makes his first appearance as Dr. Rock. And that's when I realized, oh, they're going for camp here. This is, that's their intention. They're purposely making a quote unquote campy 80s slasher. So once that knowledge hit me, then I was fully on board. Then I was just having a great time loving, you know, the creature designs. I mean, I already like the creature designs from the opening scene. Um, I thought all three of them looked great. We'll talk about them a little bit more here in a little bit. But, um, you know, uh, it was just like the acting and the ADR and all the technical aspects of the film that were just leaving me scratching my head. But like I said, once Dr. Rock shows up and, you know, that that scene, you know, his intro is very obviously, you know, just camp for camp's sake. And, you know, like I said, at that point, I was totally on board. I was loving this movie, the brutality of it. There is an epic kill scene later in the film that hopefully we'll talk about a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I actually, by the time this movie was over, I was completely on board. Absolutely loved the experience. Um, you know, this movie isn't like a perfect film by any stretch, as I've already said, they're kind of purposely going for camp, but you know, for, for what it is, for how it was presented to us and the path that the movie took, I was completely on board and yeah, I ended up loving this film and this has now and en- also entered my October rotation moving forward. I, I definitely uh, had a blast with this one. All right. Revenant Vin. Um, well, I'm glad here I wasn't alone in <laughs> uh, putting this movie in and not really knowing what to expect. Uh, I had heard of The Barn. I hadn't heard much about The Barn. Uh, all I had really heard was that it's like, oh, it's like an 80s, you know, slasher throwback. So I... I interpreted that as this is like a gritty, realistic slasher that I was going to be watching. Um, so when I find out I'm watching like campy 80s throwback with like artificial grain, I was like, what? Um, so it took some adjusting on my part, uh, but I, I pretty quickly I, I fell into the film's groove. Um, however, I don't I don't know if I loved it as much as Jerry. Um, you know, by the end of it, I found myself liking what I was seeing more for what it was trying to do rather than what it was actually managing to accomplish many times um i feel like sincerity goes a long way in giving this film kind of a pass for a lot of the shortcomings but yeah if, if you're somebody who uh 
who frequents the the horror convention circuit, um, I, I think you'll you'll find a, a lot uh, a lot to love about this. That's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I saw this uh, for the first time. I guess it was two years ago, two or three years ago. I forget how long it's been since it came out. It says 2016, but I don't think it really came out until the seventh. Yeah, I don't think it hit Netflix until 2017. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I definitely, um, I believe I uh, participated in the crowdsourcing. This is like a crowdsourced uh, film. Th- this is the the antithesis of amateur filmmaking, like from the <laughs> from the ground up. You know, and knowing that the the budget on this was really, really low, uh, and this is kind of just like a, a passion project, uh, I really was impressed with what they did with it, um, especially like the marketing and the cover and the artwork and all of that and some of the music um, that was in the movie was really mm-hmm. good. Um, <clears throat> so you have to definitely what you said mr venom like you have to understand what it is and what it's going for and then you can probably enjoy it uh which i did but i definitely don't think it's a great movie it's just one that you have to know okay well this is this is going to be some pretty bad acting whether that's on purpose or not i i don't know (laughs) I was definitely, let's just go ahead and get into likes and dislikes. Um, dude, just the, uh, uh, the ADR just bothered me. Oh, it did. I mean, I'm a, and I'm a sound man. The too. entire movie. Um, Especially the campfire scene. I remember it's like, it, yeah. it was distracting me how much ADR was going on there. But Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just, I don't know if they, it's because they didn't have the, the funds or the equipment to really capture the, uh, what was going on while they were acting, you know, do you think that's probably it or did it just not come out very good? And they thought, I well, think he purposely just... got, you know, like friends of his that maybe weren't the greatest actors and probably just told them, Oh, don't worry about it. We're not going for great acting. Just do what you think you can do. I, it, it, it has the stink of a friend production. If you know, where yeah. everybody on the crew and cast is a friend of the director. Yeah. Um, so like I said, once I, you know, once I made that realization, I was totally on board. Yeah. Uh, the, it, the acting didn't bother me. Um, the ADR didn't bother me as much in the second half. Um, obviously, some scenes were worse than others. But like I said, once I knew their intention, I, I liked yeah. it. Yeah. Now, a couple of good things here before I, you know, say a lot of stuff that I thought was, was bad. Um I thought a lot of the score was excellent. And the guy who did it, his name was, was, well, not even that, but like the beginning theme, the end theme, and even like some of that, you know, music, that scary music in, in the, uh, the scenes Mm -hmm. that was done by Rocky gray. And I don't know if you guys know who Rocky gray is. Uh, he was a, he was a drummer for a, a hardcore band called living sacrifice. And then he was, I don't know if he was the drummer or the guitarist for Evanescence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's quite a change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, I, I thought it was really good. Like, I was like, man, I could listen to, uh, this like kind of theme that they had going, uh, just in and of itself. So I enjoyed that. Um, I thought, 
I thought that, and I will say this, man. I never thought I would say this, but uh, what's his name? Ari. Ari Lehman, yeah. Ari Lehman. He was the best actor in the movie. Oh, easily. Yeah. By far. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that's you know, uh, Ari Lehman has kind of made a career off of being young Jason. That's that's yeah. his that's his shtick. I mean, the first you go to his IMDb page, and his picture is young Jason coming out of the yeah. water. Um, so he's he's in a lot of really bad horror movies. Oh yeah. Um, but he was actually the bright spot in this. Yeah, movie. I I absolutely felt the same. It's funny too because when Linnea Quigley came on screen, I felt joy and disappointment all at once. And what I mean by that is when she first showed up on screen. I'm like, oh, hey, Linnea Quigley, awesome. That's cool, recognizable. But then when she started speaking, that's when I was like, oh, right, she can't act. I forgot. Uh, she's not an actress, she's a performer. Thank you, yes. <laughs> you know? exactly. but, but you know I'm what? Like, oh, this is I, broad, okay. <laughs> I don't remember her being this bad. I mean, do you lose your acting skills? Because, I mean, come on, Night of the Demons, Return of the Living Dead, she was not this bad. This was no, just no, like Night right. of the Demons. This is what she was acting like. You think so? Uh, Remember when she's talking about the boys and she's stomping her feet and everything like that? I mean, her acting was always very broad. Yeah. Yeah. But I I thought, like, man, I thought Linnea Quigley was a little little better actress than that. But maybe not. Maybe not. So yeah. it, it, it was it was definitely, you know, a big get. For, for this small production to get those two names because that's going to automatically draw some uh, uh, some eyes to your project. So good for them. Good for them. Um, I thought the story was interesting and actually yeah. has, you know, potential to be fleshed out a little bit more. You know, when they were explaining, uh, there there are three monsters or three demons or whatever you want to call them and kind of explaining what each one of them like represented or, or I mean, that, that, that was kind of cool stuff and it was thought out yeah. and, I, and I appreciated that. Uh, I enjoyed that little thing at the beginning, you know, we go back to 1958 or 59, what it was. And we saw the, the kids, um, you know, the one, the girl with the pickaxe to the head, that was great, <laughs> you know, at the beginning. Uh, and, and I thought it was a strong beginning, but then it kind of, you know, lost some steam for me uh yeah, yeah. much yeah. like 80 slashers though <laughs> one big kill at the beginning and then you get 20 minutes of character development yeah but sometimes I mean, it's good just, it sometimes just depends bad. yeah it just depends like i don't remember i i guess i need to go back and watch some some more 80 slashers um i mean i've seen dozens and dozens and dozens of them mm -hmm. uh but i haven't revisited too many of them and i think when we do these directors do these, you know, Hey, we're going to do a Nadie's throwback slasher. By the way, there's a million of them nowadays. Oh yeah. It's almost like getting to the point where like uh, enough of mm. the throwback to eighties slashers. Okay. Let's just do a modern slasher. How about that? But, um, but there's very few good ones and it's almost like when you're trying to be intentionally, you know, bad or campy, I don't, I don't remember the slashers being that bad you not know, intentionally they, anyway yeah but right they, they uh, weren't made to be campy they just ended up not being able to act very well <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah but they're, they're still i mean look at some of the uh 
the slashers from from the eighties. I mean, most of them are are decently acted. I, I think well, so. Well, I mean, the big not ones, like yeah. this. I'm, I, when I watch a movie like The Barn, it it takes me back to like uh, um, shot on video eighties slashers. You know, stuff yes. like Rabid Grannies or you know the, the trauma stuff that was you know purposely awful. Yes, that, still that's incredibly exactly what I was going to say. Like yeah. Lloyd Kaufman, oh yeah, kind of you know trauma type stuff is. Yeah, this doesn't have the vulgarity though. Of, yeah, of trauma really, but no, yeah. no, not at all. Yeah. But there's actually, there's actually something very innocent about this film. I think. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I mean, it I throws yeah, it, it throws some breasts in there, and you know we have some graphic kills, but otherwise it's it's a fairly it's a fairly innocent story. I think um, with characters that are also kind of innocent. Um, which I think is partly the, partly the issue that I have with it. You know, I, I'm not, I'm not entirely clear how old these characters are supposed to be. Um, you know, <laughs> like they're, they're, they're being told the tools to trick or treat, but then aren't they also tooled to be made to collect cans? Like, I don't yes. understand what, what, what's going on. Like even the opiate, I wouldn't want to give away a bunch of spoilers cause this is a newer one, but I mean, just certain things, you know, the Linnea Quigley scene, why are kids trick or treating on October 30th? Because it's yeah. technically the night before Halloween in that scene, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. And then it's um, the following day that they actually go out for Halloween. So what is I do going know on? That the, I don't know if it ever happened in the '80s, but I know right now uh, certain communities will sometimes have trick or treating on like a, yeah, a day that's, that's like, not Halloween. That's like a community thing. It looks like they just had their garage set up and kids were showing up the costumes. So I don't know. It could have been like a. Well, the uh, hoopanani was that night too, so I yeah. think that might have been a part of it. It could have been just like an event, or or like you know, we we set our garage up like a haunted house every year, and kids. Come. I mean that that kind of made sense, but yeah, I, I uh, that was a little bit okay. I'm not sure why this is the day before Halloween, but I guess because it had to get set up. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, we uh, had to have that epic scene at the Hootenanny, so that that just gave us a reason. <laughs> epic scene at the Hootenanny. Um, uh, let's see. I I think that uh, this is kind of like there was some over the top gore. Oh, uh, spectacular! <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I would say I would say it's not real good. Gore, it was hilarious gore. Yes, blood, yes, man. exactly. Like I mean, I'm head sorry, I mean, on the ground and that like... nanny scene it is so epic to me. And if I may, I actually did take um some pretty extensive notes on that scene alone. Yeah, um, there's no, no spoilers here, so I'm not gonna talk about what characters may have met their doom in that scene, but we have um basically a hoot nanny's going on on Devil's Night. Our three antagonists end up um, showing up and locking the doors and basically going on an absolute killing spree. The scene is three minutes and 25 seconds. In three minutes and 25 seconds, 18 people are killed and no two people are killed in the same way. And what do we get in those three minutes and 25 seconds? Uh, excuse me if I go into my Joe Bob a little bit here, but yeah. we get one throat slit. One impaled with a scarecrow stand, uh, one axe to the cranium, one head crushed with barbed wire, uh, one drumsticks to the eyes, impaled with a pickaxe, drowning after having their teeth removed, neck bitten off, burned with boiling water, heart removed by hand, disemboweled with a sickle, clawed in the face, stabbed in the forehead, head crushed by hand this time, uh, a classic decapitation glass thrown in the face like a ninja star 
throat slit with a neck snap this time, as opposed to just the throat slit from earlier. And last but not least, impaled by a stalk of corn. I'm sorry, but I love that scene. It was yeah. so... I don't care how cheesy it looks. I don't care how low budget. I... I, I rewound that scene three or four times. It was such a guilty pleasure. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably the best uh, scene in the movie. Probably, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, I mean, again, you look at the fact that they were working with next to no money. You know, that I want to know how much their, their budget went to get uh, those two actors uh, because, you know, they probably were a lot of their budget, I guarantee you. So I, uh, I, I would probably venture to say that they probably filmed everything that Ari Lehman and um, Linnea Quigley did. They probably filmed that in one day. They probably filmed it on a day when both of them were making appearance at a local con, maybe. Yeah, yeah. And they probably just pulled them aside and said, hey, if we can get you for like three or four hours, you know, we'll give you like a, a grand and, you know, to be in this movie. And ultimately, for a few hours work, most actors of that caliber probably won't say no to a grand. So yeah. that's what I'm thinking because yeah. I, I see Linnea Quigley and Ari Lehman at a lot of the same conventions when I see mm-hmm. them. So that, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. They like each other, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So Vin, what, what else you got, man? Um, I throw out a like, I mean, I really do like that shot of the, the <laughs> trick or treaters in front of the moon. Yes. Um, I think they might use it a couple of times, right? But uh, yeah, it, it is it is a really great shot. Um, and one of my favorite line in the movie is "Check out the bitch and mower." Like, <laughs> <laughs> when they walk into the barn, like I. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I didn't quite understand the barn. I have to say, um, it seems like it's supposed to be a spooky, haunted old barn, but it's in remarkably good shape. Um, it's fully <laughs> stocked. There's chickens. Uh, there's a, there's a light working, you know, overhead. I, I, I didn't. I didn't understand what this barn was supposed to be um, exactly, but I don't know. Maybe I missed something. I, I, I will admit that, um, you know, yes, I, I did definitely focus during the massacre scene that uh, Jerry was describing, but my, my attention definitely started to wander half <laughs> the second half of the oh, film. Oh, yeah, you get you almost get desensitized <laughs> to it, like halfway through. It's like, yeah. oh, my God, more death, more killing. Oh, my God. <laughs> And I, yeah. I do like how it, it's following the Halloween rules that uh, costumes should be scary. I like how that one character is um, you know, yeah. uh, trying to emphasize that. Well, they yeah. actually, and that actually ends up becoming a point in the movie later because um, the the three villains don't attack people in scary costumes, and yet they keep on taking their masks off. Yeah, with, yeah, that was kind of well, more <laughs> bad decisions in a slash. <laughs> right, movie. yeah. <laughs> I'm like, these guys don't have like you know million dollar faces. We can keep the masks on. It's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I also enjoyed the Harbinger in this movie. Uh, the old man who basically knew everything. Um, I, I, I thought he told a very good story. His final <laughs> scene was... Eh, I'd be surprised if he was paid, honestly. <laughs> 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 he found him at the service station. That <laughs> right. Did, did, did he really think he was going to go in there and take all three of them on with, yeah, with like a broomstick? That's many spoilers. That's many spoilers here. But... Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. By the way, this is on Tubi, I think, isn't it? I think it might be on Tubi oh, or Am- on- and Amazon yeah, Prime. Yeah. Yeah. So or free on Prime. Yeah. And filmed in West Alexander, Pennsylvania. Uh, I wonder if, um, see, I think uh, this was um, uh, 
Walshy's pick. Yes. He, he was supposed to come on. He's still I'm still not on here yet. But uh, I think it was probably filmed close to his home. I think that's why he really wanted to do it. But uh, I really enjoyed the uh, the roller rink scene. Yeah. That that really took me back to the 80s. Uh, I mean, come on. Everyone hung out at the roller rink in the 80s, right? Yeah. Am I, I right? Absolutely. Come on now. Um, so, yeah, it had a good feel to it. And I didn't even mind the, you know, the fake green. Uh, I, I actually thought that the film was pretty interestingly shot. Uh, yeah, it wasn't for, terribly for an edited. amateur. Yeah. yeah. It's adequate. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's... it would definitely be out if, if they had just fixed the the sound. I think it would have been. See, well, I, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that the. I mean, you were asked by the ADR before. My my guess is that the audio quality of each of their takes was so, you know, inconsistent. If they uh, even had a mic too, right? I was yeah, that yeah. They couldn't even afford a boom mic, so they just did all the ADR, you know, right. after the fact. Yeah, I that's think. what I think because I, mean, I, I think that they just didn't have the money to 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 capture it the way that they really wanted to. So they had to do it this way. And I, see, I, I prefer the ADR over like, you know, the sound being all messed up the whole time. So sure. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But it just, it just, that's something that really gets on my nerves in a movie. Uh, if, if the sound, cause I, you can't get away from it. Yep. You're like every time somebody speaks, you're like, Oh my God, again, again, that's again, again. <laughs> that's how I felt for the first 15 minutes. I'm like, what am I watching? What are these guys yeah. making me watch? <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I knew what it was and you try to, you try to set it aside and say, okay, well, this is a very, this is a, a love letter to, to ch- cheesy 80 slashers. These guys didn't have hardly any budget. This is a, you know, uh, a passion project. Just give it, you know, and, and I try, but man, that the sound just killed me. I, I can, I can deal with cheesy acting, you know, because yeah. that's, but, uh, yeah. So what do you guys was, think of the uh, creature designs of our three antagonists? Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I actually loved, had, I love the glowing eyes of, uh, hollow Jack. Yeah. I thought that was great. Now you think that was CGI or do you think that was, Oh yeah. That, I, I almost guarantee it's CGI. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, it was like the look, same all the time. So yeah. Yeah. But it didn't, it it didn't look overtly like, CGI. Yeah, no, it was incorporated pretty well. Yeah. Yes, yes, it was utilized well, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I like the um, uh, the boogeyman guy, the the kind of like the miner. The miner. Yep. Yeah, I thought he looked pretty good. I mean, he looked better at a distance because uh, when you got real close up, I mean, you could definitely tell like this is makeup or whatever. Was that but, actually the director? Oh, uh, the, the boogeyman was the director. Yeah, the miner. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then uh, the candy corn scare. Candy, candy corn, corn scare scare crow. Crow. I'm not sure where that comes from. He just yeah, had candy, candy corn, corn is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sorry if you're if you're a lover of candy corn, you're mental. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, it is the worst Halloween candy ever. Oh. If I went to a house and they gave me candy corn, I would egg it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can understand why that that scarecrow is so mad. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I mean they, they were they were. I, I wrote down that I thought if they had focused on just one villain and put a little bit more, you know, um, uh, love and care into uh, making one villain, but 
but then you wouldn't be able to have 18 people slaughtered in in <laughs> three minutes, you know? I felt like this movie is kind of the antithesis of House of a Thousand Corpses in the sense that in that movie, we spend most of our time with the villains as opposed to our four, you know, victims, if you will. Yep. This movie, I felt they spent way too much time with the actual kids and setting up their story and everything. And I thought... It could have been better served giving us either a little bit more backstory on some of these characters or maybe even just seeing them, you know, interact a, a little bit more yeah, uh, either with each other or something. Yeah. Well, just anything. I, I don't know. It just it seemed like 90 percent of this movie was with the protagonists. Yeah. And I thought that was just a little too much. Yeah. And when the and when the acting is either on purpose or not on purpose, bad it kind of makes it hard to like care about those characters. Like I would have been okay if we had spent time with those characters and I was getting to know them and I really liked them and I started to care about them. But the, the delivery of the lines was so (laughs) bad that I just, I couldn't think of anything except that, you know, I, 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 first of all, I don't think that the dialogue was all that bad. I I've, think, I've seen worse writing, yeah. Yeah, I've seen worse. Uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but but uh, I wrote this note down. I think this writer-director actually has some talent, and I'd like to see him do something with you know more money and acting behind him. Because I, I don't know. I, I it it makes me want to seek out like interviews with him and see if they did intentional bad acting. Oh God, I I I really really hope they did because if this was legitimately an attempt at a serious film, ouch. Well, well, look at this, man. You look at the IMDb or the credits. Only one person has any other credits. Well, besides for uh, you know uh, well, Ari and and, and uh, Linnea, mm-hmm. there's a girl, the girl that played, um, I think it was Michelle. She Lexi was in a Nick. Yeah, Lexi Drips. I'm sorry, that is a porn name. What in the <laughs> world are you doing? Change the name, woman. Um, Michelle, yeah. So she was in some sort of a uh, uh, Nickelodeon or something uh, called Super Ninjas. Yep. But um, this, and there's, by the way, there's a barn part two coming out uh, yep. that they're working on. But nobody else, nobody has any other acting credits like before or since. Yeah. So it makes me think like you were saying a lot of family and friends, a lot Mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, people doing favors. So that makes me kind of think, yeah, that's, um, that was probably not on purpose. I really don't, I really don't think it was on purpose. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, we'd have to see an interview with the man. I'm leaning towards, I think it was just some of the, some of the line deliveries are so cringeworthy. Well, I feel like it, when your resources are so low, you might as well err on the side of it being kind of campy. Right. You know? Right. That's um, true. Like, you know, my, my, my friends and I used to make movies back in high school and we didn't even try to do something serious because we knew it would absolutely ridiculous. Um, so we would kind of purposely go the opposite way. We would almost do like trauma style films um, because you just kind of embrace you know, yeah. you kind of embrace your shortcomings in that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I take Maybe that he'll back, have but... a 
I'll take that back. There's there's a few people with a couple of credits, but for the most part, it's it's not. You know, there's a lot of a lot of people with the same last name as like the the director and the writer and, <laughs> and all that. So you know, you know that's how it goes. But uh, I, I definitely do. I mean, I I know I'm saying some some things, you know, but I I would definitely hand it to uh, the people that made this movie. This is definitely a passion project. Mm-hmm. I got to hand it to them. Uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a fun movie. Uh, if you can, if you're the kind of person that really can look past, you know, um, sound issues and really bad acting and just <laughs> enjoy the cheesiness, uh, you know, of like, you know, popping eyeballs, you know, a lot of stuff. It was like the way that they, they, they did the cuts, like you never would see like a, the pickaxe going in or you would never see, you know, it, it would almost be like a quick cut and then you'd yeah. see the aftermath or, or whatever. Um, like, I mean, there were some off screen kills, but yeah, for the most part they were on screen. Yeah. Oh, and I thought the, the poor black guy that died first, of course. Well, yeah, that was the eighties cliches. So. Yes. Yes. But he, he was a pretty decent actor. I thought he, he was, wasn't bad. But I, I was almost like when he was acting with the other two teenagers, mm-hmm. like it, that's why I'm thinking it like it wasn't intentionally bad because he was actually acting pretty well. And the other two guys were like really like deadpan, like <laughs> monotone. I don't know. Whatever. Sure. I'm going to, I'm going to email uh, Justin MC Please. and find out. Great. Yes. <laughs> yes. Maybe we'll have him on as a guest. Yeah, right before part two comes out. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I do remember, uh, I think we're friends on Facebook or something. Cause I remember, um, it was, it was really upsetting to him. This thing leaked or somebody, um, you know, got a hold of the DVD and threw it up on, uh, uh on streaming, you know, right. illegal streaming sites. Sure. And that, that's ridiculous, man. These people make this money Buy the dag on DV, DVD. And support people that are trying to do things like this and, and stop streaming, um, you know, stuff like this. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. That's just my rant. So, <laughs> all right. Anybody else with any, anything good or bad to say about the barn? Um, I did not actually like the last song, the ending song of the movie. I don't know. It, I, it didn't sound nearly as cool as anything that I had heard previously in the film and mm-hmm. i and i couldn't i can't even place the song in my head right now because it's been over a week since i watched it but i just i have a note here that yeah this final song is not very good <laughs> and the hollow jack stinger was kind of silly it yeah. really was pointless <laughs> yeah all right so what would you uh what would you rate it well me personally i still had a ball with this film um whether the campiness of it is intentional or not, I'm going to, just for my own benefit, I'm going to look at it as intentional. Because, like I said, if, if, if we ever hear from Mr. Seaman and he says that, yeah, they were, that, the, that the laughs were unintentional or that the bad acting was unintentional, um, un- I, I would <laughs> probably think a little bit less of this movie. So, mm-hmm. um, But having said all of that, I like this movie a lot. It will more than likely be added to the October rotation. Maybe not every year, but at least every other year I could see myself popping this in just as like a, you know, good time slasher. Um, 
so I'm actually uh, where am I leaning on this one? Um, I think I'm going to go with a 6.5 out of 10 for this one. All right. Reverend Van, what about you? Um, this, I kind of mentioned that the second half, I did find my attention wandering a lot. Uh, you know, I think that I appreciate this film for what it tries to do. Um, and I enjoy a lot of what it accomplishes, but, uh, it, it you know, it's, it's more, I, I'm more impressed with the sincerity <laughs> that's involved mm-hmm. in this. Um, <laughs> it's not one that I see myself still returning to over and over again. Uh, I'm coming to slightly below, uh, what Jerry is. So I'm, I'm a 6.10. I'm sorry. Six out of 10. That's 6.10. <laughs> six point ten. You're getting real. Right. Uh, That's a seven. Specific wow. here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Again, for what it is, it's fun. Uh, you got to be able to look overlook bad acting and and some bad sound issues or whatever. But uh, uh, I think that a lot of our listeners would probably uh, enjoy just throwing this on during the Halloween season. Uh, you know, turn the sound up and just just watch. You know, for for the for the sheer fun of it and for uh specifically for that that great you know three and a half minute kill scene there mm-hmm. at the hoot nanny uh <laughs> definitely the some Halloween crazy yes some crazy uh over the top goofy gore in there and and if you like that you'll probably like this so uh, i'm gonna give it uh what did i get i gave uh house with us and corpses oh. a five out of ten. Oh gosh and you like this more don't you <laughs> no i don't like oh, wow. this more. i don't like this more um I, I would say this is probably for me a four out of ten but but it's still like something that i would recommend people to watch during the holiday season I, i've just got to look at it like okay this is not a really great movie no, no. it's just fun yes. and uh interesting and there's a lot of people who you know enjoy you know, campy, not great movies. And there could be people out there that uh, this could end up being one of their uh, Halloween staples. So I would say definitely uh, give it, give it a check. And uh, you know, like I said, we're going to be getting a, a the barn two here uh, in 2020. So, yep. All right. So that'll be it. And then when we get back uh, from this break. We'll talk about 2019's haunt and don't worry. We will not spoil it. This cannot be ignored. Yes, yes. 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 Yes.
Do you want to see my face? All right, we are back, and we're going to talk our our third feature review tonight will be the brand new 2019 uh, horror horror thriller Haunt. Uh, It was released on September 13th of this year. It's rated R, one hour, 32 minutes. And um, the directors, Scott Beck and Brian Woods. I was trying to see uh, what else they had done. Uh, A Quiet Place is what they, they wrote it, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, they wrote Quiet Place, of course, John uh, Krasinski directed. And then they wrote uh, another movie from a few years ago that I kind of liked called Nightlight. You guys ever see that? Nope. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice, decent little movie. Um, they also uh, wrote and directed this movie. And it, it stars uh, <clears throat> uh, a lot of good-looking young people. <laughs> <laughs> Katie Stevens, uh, Will Britton. Lauren, Alyssa McLean, Andrew Caldwell, uh, Shazi Raja. Uh, there, there's a bunch, I mean, not a whole lot of really well-known people, but uh, some up-and-comers. Some up-and-comers is what I would call them. The synopsis. On Halloween, a group of friends encounter an extreme haunted house that promises to feed on their darkest fears. The night turns deadly as they come to the horrifying realization that some nightmares are real. All right. I'm going to bring, uh, Mr. Venom in first. What did you, uh, think about this, man? What were your first impressions? All right. Well, I may be a little bit jaded on this film because I saw this the day after I saw candy corn. And for listeners who, you know, heard our (laughs) review of candy corn, of course we weren't ultra positive on it. So after watching this, uh, I actually really, really liked it. I actually had a decent time with it. Once again, you know, you've got, like Mark said, you know, the beautiful young cast of victims for our psychopaths. And um, none of them really struck me as, you know, awe-inspiring by any stretch with either their performance or anything else. Um, I enjoyed um, the, the villains in this one, the antagonists. I thought the variety of masks was pretty cool. I thought how some of them were introduced was cool. Like when they first get there and clown face is just standing there silent, you know, and there's only like two cars in the parking lot, which I'm sorry if I pulled up to that, I'm turning right around. That's just not my scene, man. (laughs) I like nice crowded haunts where there's lots of people. I'd rather die by getting trampled than by getting stalked by a psycho. So go figure. (laughs) Um, But uh, I thought some of the kills were really, really inventive, um, different. Um, a lot of CG kills in here, unfortunately, but they go by so quick that you don't really even notice it unless you like, you know, pause it and slow it down or whatever. Like there's a sledgehammer kill in here that's, you know, pretty much CG that in <clears throat> in regular speed, I thought it looked pretty good. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you slow it down and actually look at it, you can see that it's just totally CG and it doesn't look very good. But in the, you know, in, in the context of the film, I thought it worked. Um, the story was pretty basic. I mean, you know, a bunch of good looking people go into a haunt. Um, I, it's too bad. This is going to be a spoiler free review because I do have some continuity questions about this movie that unfortunately I'm not going to be able to ask tonight, but, um, listeners who've already seen the film or will go and watch it after this review will kind of understand, I think where I'm coming from. 
some things just really didn't make sense, some motivations, some placement of certain people in the film didn't really make sense um, <clears throat> in the context of like later acts, the second and third act. Yeah. But uh, overall, like I said, because I saw it the day after Candy Corn, and it, like I said, it's, I'm probably going to be jaded on this. I actually enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. This was probably my favorite new um, Halloween horror of the season. And I know Scary Stories is also a Halloween movie, but because it is kind of more a family-oriented film, it's not really the kind of thing that I'm looking for at Halloween. We'll talk about, I'm sure we'll talk about that on a future episode. But um, as far as just sheer Halloween um, aesthetic and, you know, just, you know, your basic slasher mentality, I thought this was the movie of the season for me. Um, so, yeah, overall, I enjoyed this movie despite its many, many shortcomings. So, and we'll get into those soon. <laughs> yep. All right. Revenant Van, what about you? Um, well, I had heard some good buzz about this film, so I, mean, I was certainly looking forward to seeing it. Um, and I enjoyed the film overall. I thought, you know, Jerry alluded to it, there's some good kills, really good set pieces. Um, I thought I did a good job creating atmosphere and tension. Uh, it wasn't filled with a bunch of fake jump scares, which I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, good cinematography and use of colors. Um, you get a real great uh, a sense of place, of kind of where things are and how they're orientated. Um, which I always appreciate in a film. I like to be able to map it out in my mind. Um, but Jerry also alluded to something else that uh, I think I had a similar reaction, where by the end of it, I was scratching my head at some of the film's choices, and I couldn't help but feel there were a lot of a lot of missed opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. And by the time they reveal what's going on, it left me with more questions than, than answers. Uh, the, the more that they kind of reveal about the antagonist, the more I'm wondering exactly how all of this happened in the first place. Um, <laughs> so it, it was kind of like, uh, I'd watched this not after candy corn, but after watching the barn. Um, and at first I thought <laughs> we were almost getting a more polished version of the barn, uh, with a certain, you know, thematically, you know, I, I don't, I don't mean that as like a joke, even, I mean, like, you know, that may, maybe we were seeing, um, you know, I don't want to get spoilery, but, but it's like almost like seeing like certain spirits of Halloween. Right. Um, but we ended up not getting that, and it made me wonder what exactly was going on through a lot of a lot of the movie. Um, so anyway, you, I, it, you were thinking like it was going to be some supernatural bent, yeah, which I think would have actually explained a lot of things that happened in the film. Uh, mm-hmm. And the fact that we don't get a supernatural angle, um, and we kind of find out it's more like it, it's more akin to like you know Captain Howdy in Strangeland. You know, <laughs> from Dee Snyder. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, than than anything else. And it didn't really make sense to me uh exactly what was happening or how it was happening. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, you know, again, I, I'm trying to stay away from spoilers, but uh I, I enjoyed the film. Um yeah. but I I feel like it 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 could have been a little bit there could have been a little bit more to wrap things up. Yeah. No, I agree with that, but I would definitely say that this is probably one of my biggest recommends of the year so far. Uh, I, I just enjoy, you know, slashers are just one of my favorites. Um, you know, I'm a child of the eighties. I'm sorry. Can't help it. Um, and, and it really, it pisses me off. Number one, that stuff like last year's Hellfest, uh, which I thought was a great modern slasher, um, that, that could, could have spawned, you know, a franchise or sequel or something. 
you know, it, it just didn't do anything at the box office and it, it deserved so much more than it got. Um, and then this one, you know, I've been hearing people, you know, some people on Facebook, like trashing it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is a mean spirited slasher. I mean, it's, it's really, um, I mean, wouldn't you agree? It's a mean spirited movie. Absolutely. I mean, there's, there are some, you know, this is, this is the extreme opposite of the barn. The barn is that kind of gory, funny, goofy. And, and this is like, man, this is almost like torture porn, porny, you know, pretty close. nasty face yeah. rape with a hammer. Right? Yes. I'm going to say who it is, but it's, it was pretty impressive. Yes. <laughs> it's very nasty. Um, and you could have multiple, you know, there's multiple, uh, slashers in it, multiple, like really cool masks. Yeah. And I'm telling you guys, this is, this is a movie that affects me because that's one of my, it's one of the reasons why I don't go to haunts because there could be some nut in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really, there really could be. Absolutely. I mean, this is kind of got, you know, in, in a different package, this is very much similar to Hellfest. Okay, because these young kids are at a haunt, they're at a hell fest, they're at a uh, a place where all this stuff is supposed to be like fun and normal, and somebody is making it real. Uh-huh. This is in a much more extreme situation, though, where where Hellfest is more of like a Halloween, a Universal Halloween night or something, kind of uh, like a big party. But there's some cool stuff. This is like you know, some of those people, some people out there really want to do that extreme haunted house thing. I've been reading that article about this uh, haunted house where you have to sign a waiver and like you get like money if you get all the way through, but like they can kidnap you, they can touch you, they can do, you know, no, no, (laughs) not for me. Um, you know, I always have those, those thoughts, like, like there's a guy in here with a really creepy, like almost like paper mache mask yes. and he's got a daggone uh, chainsaw. I mean, I, I don't like that. I don't <laughs> like that. That's scary, man. I mean, that chainsaw could be real. Um, uh, yeah. I liked the characters in the movie. I thought that the, the lead girl, uh, besides for being like beautiful, um, she was a good actress. Um, the, the, the guy, the lead guy, that played Nathan. He was good. Um, and then I thought it was the kind of like the chubby guy. Oh, what was his name? I forget his name, but he was kind of chubby and he had like a weird costume on. I don't know what he, he had like high waisted pants on. I don't know what, what was going on, but he was, <laughs> he was funny. He's the guy that was like, Hey man, it's my safe space. You know, oh, he, he smacked the guy with the chainsaw. Cause he got in his, in his, uh, it might be Evan. That might Evan, be. yeah, it was the character. Yep. Yeah, but uh, so he he added a little bit of uh, that um, uh, Shelley vibe. You know? <laughs> uh, Shelley, the the comic relief there from Friday the Thirteenth Part Three. But because uh, every every slasher movie has to have that that comic relief there in there. So and I thought that was just enough. And he was funny until it until it started to really go down. Yeah. Because they didn't know for sure 
they didn't know is this real is this not until one of their friends is behind the the bars and getting you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna spoil it but it, yeah so i i'm i'm all about this man this this was a, a scary movie to me it's something that could um really pick on on a a real fear that i think a lot a, a lot of people share with me uh to to go into one of these places and and to actually be harmed by somebody who who's taking it you know way too seriously mm-hmm. so yeah and and i will say the uh talking about you know sound mixing was great the score was good uh this, there was a very minimalist score yeah. until things really got going, um, which was I thought was good because you could hear all the sounds of, you know, this haunt. And, and I'm sorry if somebody just like you said, you go and there's nobody in the parking lot. <laughs> it's just a daggone clown standing in front of a garage door and you have to sign it and they take your phones. Yeah. No, no, no. Just say no, kids. And just on top of the no. fact. On top of the fact that the sign wasn't even on when they first pulled up, I mean, they were, you know, they they obviously weren't looking for that particular haunt. They were looking for another one, yeah. but they pulled off to the side of the road for some reason. I'll leave ambiguous. Um, and then just out of nowhere, the haunt sign comes up, and and Again. they're all like, "Oh, let's go!" What? Again, if there was a supernatural angle, yes, <laughs> these kind right. of things in the movie would make more sense for what why they are occurring, but. Um, yeah. this is why well, I, see, keep I don't need back. to There's know a lot of things that happen in the movie like this where I'm like, yeah, eh, I don't know. like you mean like perfect timing and well, know. I mean, yeah, coincidences like there's a whole scene with spiders where you're like, well, okay, did it really happen? What's going on? Yeah. Um, you know, I, it, it, there were quite a few things like that where it, it would have made a lot more sense. Like it, there, there's this whole theme of, of masks, right. And then showing who we truly are underneath. Yep. So when we see a, a literal unmasking, right. We see what's beneath there, and at first I thought, "Oh, cool! This is, you know, again, like this is they're, they're taking a supernatural angle. We're we're seeing something, you know, inhuman, you know, <laughs> uh, beneath these masks." Then you find out it's not really that, uh, and which was yeah. kind of a disappointment. But when I first saw that, I thought, "Oh, okay." So the the sign that we saw earlier, and you know, the, the kind of things that were the inconsistencies or the the things that were making me kind of suspend my disbelief you know, to a, a stretching point. Um, you know, it, I, I thought at first that, okay, now I can accept it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's why by the end of it, it kind of like, I, I got that taken away from me and I'm like, well, what, so what the hell was all that? Yeah. Um, they, they piled on way too much. Like it's one thing if one or two little plot points are left ambiguous, but there's so much in this movie that makes you scratch your head that by the end, you're not sure yeah. what's you know. I, I wonder up. why they made the choice they did. Exactly, it, it doesn't but, it, it doesn't seem like the best of choices. But but you know, I mean, there are certain horror movies where I want all that to to matter and to to kind of tie together. So I can a slasher ain't one of them. I don't sure, care. Sure. How does Jason go from being a hundred yards behind you to up a tree? You know, in front of you. I mean, who cares? Honestly, no, they, they, they explained a lot of those kind of things with supernatural angles, <laughs> especially in the later Jason film, right? Yeah, well, yeah um, definitely yeah. later Jason. Yeah, and I then mean, you know uh, the Leslie Vernon movie <laughs> does a little bit to explain some yeah, of that. Too, yeah, right? yeah, I mean, but obviously that came year, years later. 
But, yeah, I, but I mean, that kind of thing doesn't matter to me. Like, I don't need it. Oh, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I went along the for the ride. Is, I, and I don't think that it. it's a dumb movie. No. You know, I, I think that there's actually some really good craft going on here. So it's kind of, I, it, it's disappointing to me that yeah. that th- those kind of things weren't addressed in a better way. That it could have been tighter for you. Right, yeah. Have, you know, Because they yeah. do some really good things in this. Like, what I love is that they actually use silence and, you know, the, just the character staring to create tension and fear. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that ghost character, you know, that they end up coming across. Yeah. And again, you know, if we contrast this with what we were saying about Rob Zombie, that character would have been calling the mother effers the whole time. You know? <laughs> Come on over here and I'm gonna <laughs> right, you know? yeah. But instead, they these villains, you know, they, they shut up <laughs> and they stare, and it's way more effective. It's um, very similar to, like, say, The Strangers, you know? Yeah, yeah. Where, right. where sometimes it's, you know, or even a Michael Myers, where yep. it's just kind of yeah. standing there with the mask on, a little head tilt, you know, yeah. staring at you. Uh, yeah, you don't yeah. have a face you can read, you know, yep. and that's that's unnerving. Yep, yep. And there's a lot of really cool masks in this one. I I thought it was a lot of um, yeah, yeah masks that I hadn't really seen before. I love that they put out um, different movie uh, posters for the movie with yeah, with different masks. masks. That was yep. cool. Yep, yep. Um, let's see what else. I mean, again, not perfect, but uh, this is one that is definitely going in my. My Halloween rotation. I'll be yeah, um, I'll be like purchasing that. this. I don't. Is it out on Blu-ray yet? Um, ooh, I'm not sure. I don't think it is. I don't think it is because I would have already picked it up had <laughs> had it come out. Uh, I don't think it is because it's. Uh, oh, that's right. It this um this went from like being on like VOD and and iTunes. I believe I um rented it on iTunes when it first came out, and now it's on Shutter. Um. And they, they call it a Shutter exclusive. And I think they that means that Shutter is the only place you can stream it now. For now. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's still on iTunes. They probably took it down off of iTunes. And now Shutter is the only only place. Um I, I think it's worth, you know, getting Shutter. If you don't have Shutter, you know, pay five dollars for the month, binge as much as you as you can and, and definitely make this one of them. Um oh. Yeah, so that that's just me, man. This is just my my kind of movie. No, I kind of just kind of shut my brain off, and I don't need everything to uh, to tie together as I much. Liked... Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say I liked the haunt itself. I liked kind of. I mean, obviously, once you finish the movie and you know the whole story of what's going on, um, the choice of decoration inside the haunt makes more sense. But as the kids were first going through it, I remember thinking, wow, this is like a cool minimalist haunt. Like there's not stuff jumping out at you at every corner, blah, blah, blah. So I just, I found the haunt really cool, especially uh, the hall that they were walking through that was all covered in oil. I thought that was just great. Cause obviously it looks like blood. Um, But man, I thought that worked really, really well. Yeah, another yeah. another part that kind of frustrated me with the movie though is they 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 do this great design on the haunt, right? But these characters manage to get away and hide so easily, yeah, <laughs> so sure. often, you know. And they're I don't know they but, they're I outnumbered mean, in an environment where these villains created this whole thing, but they the villains somehow continuously lose track of them. Um, but, but I think anyway. that's how it's supposed to be. I mean, that's yeah, part think... of the that's part of the fun for those kind of people is the chase. 
you know. Well, plus the ending kind of, I mean, once you kind of understand what happens and I can't really say too much, but I, I, I feel like the ending kind of explained a little bit more why these people weren't as familiar with the haunt itself. I, we'll talk about it off off mm. uh, air, mm. but yeah, I, I, I had a distinct feeling that there was an exact reason why. Um, you know, they were constantly losing sight of their victims and blah, blah, blah. Um, I did like uh, one of the killers in the movie um, for creepy pasta fans out there. Uh, one of the killers in the movie actually looks exactly like Jeff the Killer. If you were if, for creepy pasta fans, if you remember, uh, Jeff the Killer was a story of a kid that, you know, he cut out his own eyelids and lips. Uh, for whatever wacky reason, I don't remember the whole story right now, and ended up killing his family. Um, that uh, that killer in the movie, I, and I believe it's the killer that uses the hammer, uh, he looks exactly like Jeff the Killer. So if you're a fan of creepy pastas, and I am, and especially of Jeff the Killer, I thought this was kind of a cool little homage. I don't know if it was done intentionally, but whether it was or not, I, I took it as a, a nice nod to the creepy pasta. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's go ahead and rate this thing. Um, I'm going to go first since I've gone last all night. Uh, I'm going to give this an eight and a half out of ten. That's just uh, how much I liked it. It is. It's probably going to be in my my top twenty of the year. Uh, well, it definitely will be in my top twenty of the year. Uh, whether it makes it to the top ten, I'm not sure. But uh, it, it's really something that I enjoyed. Just don't go in expecting like, like a fun, like goofy slasher. Mm. The, the, I'm telling you straight up, this is mean spirited. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's some, uh, hard to watch God, scenes yeah. in it. Um, it, it, it's got a little, little bit of, like I said before, uh, torture porn, uh, bent to it. So, but sure. de- definitely, definitely all, all the way around. Great acting, great writing, great uh, costumes, great sound, great directing. I mean, the the, the lighting, like uh, Vince said, the use of the colors, the costume. I just liked it all, man. And this mm-hmm. is definitely going to go into my collection. This is a this is a, a definite buy. So, uh, Revenant Vin, what about you? Um, I definitely enjoyed the film. Uh. You know, when I think about a rating, I kind of think about how likely am I to return to a film? Um, and it was it was the the frustrating aspects of this that I know will kind of keep me from going back to it. Um, it's it, it kind of leaves me a little bit unsatisfied in that way. Uh, but I, I did definitely enjoy it. Um, you know, like I said, I kind of wish that there was a little bit of a supernatural angle. I mean, it, it's called Haunt. And I'm fully aware that these attractions are called haunts, but I think that they could have, you know, had a little double meaning there <laughs> and it would have explained a lot, uh, you know, for certain things in there. It was kind of a missed opportunity there, I think. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to come in with a with a seven. I think it's definitely worth seeing. All right. Mr. Venom. Um, I was exactly where Vin was um, for most of the movie. Like I said, a lot of the stuff that he saw that frustrated him kind of bothered me a little bit as well so i was solidly at a seven leading up to the climax of the film and for whatever it's worth of course i'm not going to get into spoilers but for whatever it's worth 
I loved the ending of this film. Um, I, I've read some people in the community didn't like it. They thought it was, uh, I don't know, too almost too convenient or too perfect or whatever. But for whatever it's worth, I was thoroughly on board for that ending. So it, literally that ending bumped the score up an entire point. So that puts Haunt at an 8 out of 10 for me. I, I liked it a lot, probably not quite as much as Mark, but I love the kills. I love the antagonists. I love the haunt. I love what little backstory, if any, that we got of um, any of the uh, antagonists I, I thought was decent. Um, you know, the one antagonist that actually spoke, I thought was pretty cool. Oh, wait, no, a couple of them did. Forget yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I just. I'm definitely on board for this one. I can see myself returning to this one, you know, maybe not every October, um, but definitely kind of like the barn where probably like every other October, I can see myself popping this in. Uh, but I'm coming in at an eight out of 10 for haunt. Very nice. So I think all three of us would, would recommend that you see it. So, all right, well, that's going to wrap it up, man, for this episode of the horror cast, uh, Revenant Vin, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs? Uh, you check out my blog at revenantreview.com, And, uh, otherwise you can find me as Vin Horrorcast on Facebook. Uh, you know, especially with the Horrorcast group page. Very nice. Mr. Venom. How about you? All right. You can hear me on these podcasts. No more room in hell. No More Room in Hell presents Fresh Cuts, Theme Warriors, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Cult Unknown, and the Slice and Dice Dreadcast. All of my shows are either on the Horrorphilia Network or on the Legion Podcast Network. Um, on social media, on Facebook, you can find me at, you know, at any of our group pages. Uh, also, I am Mr. Venom on Facebook. On Twitter, I am at Jerry Venom. On Instagram, I am at Venom Horror. And if you want to drop me an email, the address is Mr. Venom Podcasts at gmail.com. All right. If you would like to drop uh, the horror cast an email, you can do that at askthehorrorcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. We have our own uh, group page. I also have a page, the Mark NATO. And then uh, we're on Twitter at at the H cast. And we do have an Instagram, um, uh, the horror cast or at the horror. I don't know what it is, but, um, I'm trying to post there, um, a little bit more frequently. Uh, so that's going to do it for this episode of the horror cast, where we're all killer, no filler. Stay scared.